Utah. You could hear a pin shot. And now, overnight scores, expert comment, and controversy on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Good morning, everyone. I'm Ray Thomas, and welcome to the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Huge show coming up as we go to air the second half of the World Rugby Cup has just started. South Africa 12, New Zealand 6. New Zealand had a player sent off just before halftime, so it's a long way back for the Kiwis there. And overnight, Australia had two significant wins against New Zealand in the Pacific Championships in Melbourne, Australia 36, New Zealand 18. Um, That man, Cameron Murray, six consecutive tests now. He's scored a try. Equaled the legendary Ron Coote's record for a forward. Of course, those two teams will play off in the Pacific Championships final in Hamilton on November 4. And if you're just waking up in the ODI World Cup, Australia scored 388 runs in their first innings. Travis had a magnificent 109, but New Zealand made a terrific match of this, scoring 383 for nine, falling just five runs short. They found a star in New Zealand. This Ratchin Ravindra is a really good player. He scored 116. 771 runs scored. 19 wickets fell. A five-run winning margin. What a game. Australia now 4-2 and two in the ODI World Cup. And my good friend and co-host Dean Ritchie was at Paul McCartney last night. Dino, good morning. How was he? Yeah, good morning, Ray. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, I feel a bit bad. I've come in this morning. You've had to cover the cricket for us. No, don't be You've sorry. had to cover the races. You've had to cover the rugby league. And no. here I am singing Let It Be and Hey Jude. How good was it? It was great. He yeah. was absolutely amazing. An was... 81-year-old. They say he was... sings 38 songs or something. 39 songs. Uh, didn't go off stage How long was once. He stage? Nearly three hours. He got through Hey Jude, Let It Be. Love Me Do, Obladee, Something, how's Jet, the voice? Band how, on how's, the Run. How's McCartney's voice? It's good. His voice stood up nicely. He was funny. He was cheeky. He was irreverent. And, Ray, it was a, a lovely night. I've seen some great bands. We've all yeah. seen them, The Stones, and I've seen Bob Dylan, ACDC, but he was right up there. And you know what, Ray? Mm. Being a Beatles fan since I was a kid, I actually got a little bit misty at times yeah, yeah, yeah. when he started I- singing those classics because... I've heard them so many times, yeah. and to see him sing it right in front of us, a real-life Beatle, to me, was actually quite emotional. I saw him in 93, and he was up there with the best cons I'd ever seen, so that was a long time ago. So, obviously, he won't be back. This is the last time he'll tour Australia. One of our good friends has been twice, Friday night and Saturday night. He was that good, so... Fantastic. Dino, you, you missed the... So I missed the Rugby League Pacific test. I apologise yeah. no, to everybody out there. Is... I didn't see it. Ray is across it. So, well, Ray, I, all I saw was that it was a, a, a close game and the Aussies got away late. Yeah. And, and also, uh, the pre-game was quite confronting as well. Harker was fantastic. Honestly. Kiwis right up to our faces. Yeah, Harker was fantastic and um, really emotional. You can see how um, what it means to the New Zealanders. Um, but it was a, I really thoroughly enjoyed the game. Fantastic game. The 38, uh, 36-18 margin probably doesn't reflect the match itself, Dino. So I still think it's game on for the, the final in Hamilton. Of course, Australia didn't play their, their full-strength side. Um, New Zealand made a few errors, which and, and Australia's professionalism eventually got on top. But there's a lot of key areas that... I'm sure the Kiwis think, well, we can come back here. And in Hamilton, they'll be hard to beat, Dino. Yes, certainly over there in New Zealand, Ray, with that big crowd behind them, they will be hard to beat. Who was our best, Ray Boy? 
Um, gee, there's so many. I, I thought Cameron Murray was fantastic. Gee, he never stops, does he, Cameron Murray? Never, ever stops. Um, yeah, right across the board. Um, I think at the end of the day, as I said, just their professionalism and they control the ball better and New Zealand made a couple of errors, but the scoreline didn't reflect the, the, the closeness of the battle. So I think it's it's game on when we get to Hamilton, as I said. The ODI World Cup was just fascinating. You think 388 in the bag, we would have won the match. Although I reckon we left probably 15 runs in the locker, and that sounds ridiculous, Dino, but we lost a lot of wickets in the final couple of overs. So probably left 10, 15 runs in the locker, but New Zealand batted so well and really put it to us. Adam Zampa again taking wickets, three for 74 off 10. He's He's been fantastic the last four games. He's taken bags of four and three games in a row, then three last night. But as I mentioned, that Ravindra, they've got a star there in New Zealand. Yeah, he I is s- a terrific player. I saw the bookend, for want of a better term, Ray. I saw the first bit where... Uh, mm. Geez, uh, Warner and had 175-run partnership. And then I got home after mm. McCartney. There were four balls left. It was <laughs> oh, a thrilling it, finish. Okay. It yeah. was a, thr- a thrilling finish. Mitchell Stark bowled us to victory. That's four in a row now. I think we play uh, England, then Afghanistan, and Bangladesh race. So you yeah. would think that we're just about in now. Um, that 175-run partnership, they were going at 913 and over some of the the, the um, head shots, he was just hitting him as clean as a whistle. It's India, just changed, isn't it, Ray? Yeah. Remember, yeah. When we were kids. Three fifty over game. Score. If you got two twenty, <clears throat> two thirty, or yeah, in the box seat, two forty was like this miracle score that you two eighty plus. You you're over the line yeah. now. You know, you're getting run down at three eighty four hundred. Just amazing, extraordinary. India play England today, Dino. Now. India, of course, the host nation. They're five and zero, and they are just rolling along so well. England are one and four after five games. They're the defending World Cup ODI champions. If they lose tonight, do you know it's all over? Gone. Absolutely. I don't know what Piers Morgan will tweet yeah. if they get beaten. Will that be a moral win, Roy? <laughs> they've been copping a bit of that, haven't they? But they've been disappointing England, and to state the obvious, and conferences down. I still want him to bounce back against us. That's all, Dino. <laughs> Did you see when Pat Cummins was asked mm. what he thought about England's win? No, I didn't see that, no. The media said to Pat, what do you think of England getting beaten again? Mm. And he sort of looked and he, he was holding it back and then he couldn't help himself. Yeah. He just burst out in this big smile. Did he? So <laughs> that's what it means to the Aussies because that was quite a hostile Ashes series. Oh, absolutely. As you yeah. know, you were over there, yeah. right? So and there's certainly no love lost And they're lost still there. bleating about the Alex Carey dismissal. Can you believe that? See, get a move on with so it. So it's us... With the capability to officially knock England out. Yeah. Now, other couple of important scores I should mention. The New Zealanders have beaten the Gillaroos for the first time in, I think it's 14 games, you know, 12 games and first time in seven years. 12-6, they defeated the Gillaroos. So that's a remarkable turnaround considering the Gillaroos beaten by 50 points in the World Cup final less than six months ago. And another significant win for the, the Aussies overnight, the Aussie girls, the Wallaroos, 29, defeated France, 20 in Dunedin. And uh, one of their front rowers, Eva Kapani, scored three tries. That's a magnificent win in what they call the World 15 Tier 1 Championships, which is a prelude to the Women's Rugby World Cup in, in a couple of years. So well done to the Wallaroos. What about racing, Ray? Uh, I didn't have a bet yesterday. I got a couple of tips, but I just didn't get on in time. Of course, we had... Uh, the champion stakes in Sydney and the Cox Plate in Melbourne. You were mo- right among it, as always, Ray, in the thick of it. 
Tell us your thoughts. Where do you want to go through first round week? Go to Sydney. Okay, Tom Kitten absolutely brained him in the spring champion. We might have seen a new star. I know you can get carried away easy on one win, but this is a horse who's been racing well all spring without luck. Yesterday, it just all fell into place for him. The acceleration, the dominance, the ease of the win. A horse called Cap Ferret ran on well to run second, beaten nearly four lengths. He's a star, Tom Kitten. We'll talk to James Cummings a little later. A real chance he'll back up in the Victoria Derby um, next Saturday at Flemington. James Cummings will have a really good hand down there. He's got Cylinder in the Coolmore stud stakes as well. Other big race wins yesterday. Zarek was good in the Craven Plate. Um, and then Chris Waller. Um, had the feature race double in successive races with Espiona in the invitation. There's only been three runnings of the invitation, Dino. Karen McAvoy won the lot. There he was yesterday on Espiona getting up. And then Chris Waller again with Cry Saw winning the calendar Presnell. And as you mentioned, Cox Plate Day yesterday. Two Group 1s. The first in the Manicato. Imperatriz $1.40. The only surprise was she led Dino, but made no difference to the result. She trotted in by three and a quarter. And then the Cox Plate. What a race. Did you see it, Dino? Or did you left for Paul McCartney? Um, Romantic Warrior getting up and probably the last bound. Alligator Blood hit the front. I thought he's going to win this finally for Gay Waterhouse. Mr. Brightside got up the inside. And then Romantic Warrior, he looked under pressure, suddenly rallied late and got the bob in right on the line. Fantastic race. Couple of unlucky runs behind him. Jewess was great running fourth. Gold Trip, good Melbourne Cup trial. The news overnight, James McDonald will ride Gold Trip in the Melbourne Cup. Uh, I thought Fangirl, unlucky, finishing seventh. Great Cox Plate, great days racing, didn't he? Ray, what do you make of all this Eddie Jones rubbish? Is well, he staying or is he going? I'm a yeah. bit sick of it, Ray. It sounds to me like both sides are jostling mm. for financial gain. Are they trying to sack him or does Eddie have to resign? Of course, whichever side wins will save a lot of money. Yeah. But it's just becoming embarrassing. It's a black eye for the sport. Eddie's credibility is going down the toilet and Rugby Australia's credibility isn't far behind it. Yeah. Is he going or is he staying? What do we think? I think he's going. I think he wants to go, but he wants to get a payout. Then why um, did he sign a five-year uh, deal? I think he signed a five-year deal and realised, hang on a sec, this isn't the job I thought it was. Or whatever's happened, I don't know, Dino. But what I do know is that apparently um, legal representatives of Eddie Jones during the week sent a letter to the ARU, basically requesting, Rugby Australia, basically requesting um, whether they could potentially discuss an exit for him. Now, Eddie Jones is over in London getting ready for a Barbarians match versus Wales, where, interestingly, Michael Hooper has been picked for the Barbarians team now. Of course, Hooper was the man that Eddie Jones has now infamously dumped from the World Cup this year, saying in an interview that he was one of those three players that, quote, was past the stage of caring about winning. I can't believe that for a man who has bled so much for Australia over the years, Michael Hooper. But to me, Dino, I think he, he will go. Just when and how much it's going to cost Rugby Australia is the, the big Well, the they don't have questions. the money, Ray. They've got no money. Bizarre. So that's why the fight is on to try to push him out without this massive payout. He continues to deny any contact with Japanese rugby. Mm. But it's obviously happened, well, isn't it? Yeah. Ray, he said it that many times. I'm prepared to say... Let's start to believe him. But is he going to make us all look like fools? Yes. I think he will. 
It's it's a bizarre thing. Hey, Dina, can I talk about one of your stories this, during the week which created a hornet's nest? Ah, yes, I know which one that's going to be. Rugby league is Australia's biggest sport. <laughs> <laughs> was that on a billboard in Vegas? Was it was it? on a billboard in Take Vegas. Take us through it, Dina. The billboard in Vegas, uh, outside Allegiant Stadium, well, sorry, on Allegiant Stadium, right. it's mm-hmm. a big LED sign, it's huge, and it's got Australia's biggest sport unleashed in Vegas. Oh, and our AFL friends down south and throughout Australia, they lost it. Mm. They went into meltdown, Ray Boy. I actually rang a couple for an interview. I spoke to Jeff Kennett, who yelled out, crap, <laughs> at the top of his voice. I spoke to Andrew Demetrio. I spoke to Kane Corns. And they're all... Is it uh, a, what, what is our biggest sport? Is it cricket? <sighs> cricket would have to be number one. Or, or the most popular sport. In, in terms of the people so- playing it, but... In terms of the money and everything else, would it well, be? Well, you think cricket would be. Um, you could also argue when the Socceroos are in town, yeah, they would be the team that galvanises Australia. But certainly in terms of the AFL, uh, a couple of those websites were going off. <laughs> so our enemy. man, P. Valandis, has got under their skin. Are you public enemy number one in Victoria Well, now? possibly. <laughs> he torments them uh, in racing Victoria. Right now he's mm. tormenting him as ARL. <laughs> Commissioner, so what do you think? What what is the biggest sport in yeah, Australia? I, don't know. I, I mean, AFL does have a a wider scope yeah. geographically. What what are we describing? The biggest is in terms of of um, money it generates, or the biggest in terms of how many people play it. Uh, I, I guess there's cricket, a lot of metrics, isn't there? Yeah, right? yeah I, I don't know. It's an interesting one, or the size of the TV deal. I don't know. I suppose AFL's got a bigger one than rugby league. They so do. I don't know. It's Good debating point. As we talk, still 12-6 South Africa leading New Zealand. The All Blacks were on attack, but they've just dropped the ball. Of course, they are a man down in that Rugby World Cup final, do you know? Speaking of Vegas, what about P. Valandis in mm. the White House during the week? How about that? Got some contacts, hasn't he? He's met the last 12 months, the last 18 months, sorry, he's met the, the late Queen Elizabeth II at Royal Ascot last year. And at the time, he also met the then Prince Charles. So he's met now the King. And now he's met Joe Biden, the president, along with Anthony Albanese, we part of the, the entourage. He also knows the king of racing, you. What? <laughs> because, <laughs> hang on, I know you don't like to discuss this, but I'm told, reliably, mm. you had a fat day yesterday. I had a good day. I had a, had a rare good Come day. Come on, don't be, don't no. be shy. No, I had a rare good day in the well, punt. Well, how many winners did you tip? A few. Oh, tell us. Uh, I, I'd like, the good one was, say, record. $9.50. Wow. So that, that was pretty good. Hey, Dino, you wouldn't have seen this, but last night I saw something in the crowd in the Pacific Championships match between the Kangaroos and the Kiwis. I don't think I've ever seen before. There were placards in the crowd. Adam G, number one referee. <laughs> have you ever seen that before? <laughs> He's got a fan club. Oh, good a, on a, him. a referee's got support. A I've never base. seen that in my life. A fan holding up a sign, a couple of praising them. a referee. There's a couple of them. I know it rolls off the tongue. Oh, there's Roger Federer watching the World Rugby World Cup final with the South Africa. Um, you know what Adam yeah. G's done though? Yeah. He's and I interviewed Adam G, and this can't happen every game because every game is different. Mm. But he showed in that grand final that if you can put your whistle in your pocket, look where the game can take you. Yeah. Boom. Straight to number one. <laughs> now doing test matches. Yeah, got a fan yeah. club. All because that one game, he decided not to be a pedantic toss <laughs> like the rest of them. <laughs> and he's yeah, now he's his own fan club. Adam G, number one referee. Story in today's Sunday Telegraph. And I want to run past you. There is some talk that the West Tigers will launch a, quote, full-blown bid 
Tolua, the former Wallabies coach and the Argentinian coach at the World Cup, Michael Checker, um, to the club as early as this week as their general manager of football. Now, just a, a quick one there. In the Rugby World Cup, in their playoff for third, England defeated Argentina 26-23. But I think it's fair to say Argentina have overachieved under Michael Checker, so a terrific performance. But given his stocks are so high at the moment and he's in demand around the world in both codes as a coach, would he want to go to an NRL Cup as a general manager of football, Dino? Well, it depends which side you look at, Ray. I would think that he would want to keep coaching. He's yeah, a coach. Yeah. A football manager is someone who looks after training schedules. He books the flights. He oh, books he? accommodation. That are boring. So, yeah. Well, I would think that he would have a different skill set to that. However, Ray, maybe after all these years on the road, he wants to settle down at home. Mm. And if he wants to do that, ah. he might think, well, I've got to work. Yeah. And he does love rugby league. He's always been a rugby league fan. And I think he wants to coach the in the NRL one day. So maybe Michael sees this as a path in to rugby league. But as I said, I'd be a bit surprised, Ray, because I think if you're a coach... You're a coach. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he took that, yeah. Um, we haven't mentioned the Matildas. They take on the Philippines tonight in Perth at Optus Stadium. It's, I think um, producer Steve, that's a sellout crowd at the Matildas game again. I think, I think all had, three have sold out now. It's about 13 or 14 games in a row they've sold out the Matildas, so they are absolutely... Here's a chance for the Kiwis. They may have scored here, Dino. This is huge because... Um, the All Blacks do have a man in the sin bin, so it's back down to 14 men all, but this will be massive because New Zealand have been had their players sent off late in the first half, so they've been down a man for all the second half so far, and it looks like they have scored, so it's game on here, Dino, and who, who are you going for? I'd love to see the All Blacks win. I'd like to see the All Blacks yeah. win, Ray. I tell you what, if they win this World Cup final yeah. with 14 men, that's Some history book stuff. Yep, well, it's 12-11 now, kick to come. I think they're having a look at it, are they? Oh, here we go. It'll go upstairs. You watch we'll, we'll try to do what they do in rugby league. Let's take it off them. Yeah. Why are we going to take it off them? We'll get... I don't know, but we'll find some reason. Well, we'll find out in a second. But, Dino, we'll go to our talk topic today, and it's inspired by your visit to Paul McCartney last Ray, night. Ray, it's mm-hmm. Sir Paul. Oh, that's a good point. Sir yeah, Paul. So. What was what that, a... First of all, what was the crowd like last night? As in numbers? Yeah. Sold Packed, out. Yeah. yeah. Everyone getting Wasn't in a spare seat. Everyone sing along and everything. Great, great atmosphere. Do you sing along? Yeah, a little bit, but oh, I didn't yeah, want to yeah. sing too much because I can't sing. <laughs> I'm sure if I did sing, doves would have flown away. Mm. And I didn't want to come in here with a croaky voice. <laughs> so I think it was best on all counts that I keep my mouth shut. But it's inspired our talk topic. Mm-hmm. Best the concert greatest is. concert you've ever seen. And let's just add a little cheeky one at the end. Mm-hmm. The worst You've okay, ever seen. you can open the batting. Yeah. Well, given I've just waxed lyrical about Paul, I really can't put someone ahead of him now, can I? No. I look a bit stupid. Yeah. So I'll say Paul McCartney was the best I've seen last night, albeit I've seen a lot of good concerts. I haven't been to too many bad ones, but there was one in 1985. I was only a kid. 1985, yeah. Dire Straits at the Entertainment Centre. Didn't like Dire Straits? It's not that I didn't like them, Ray, but I think as a kid we all went along there thinking it would be a fun night of dancing and carrying on. It was very dour. It was very dour. And I think you'll find Tanya might have been there as well, and we'll ask her a bit later on in the show. So they were disappointing to me, but technically very good. So I'll go McCartney, my best and Dire Straits, my worst. And as we get producer Nick to key up 
Queue up your song just quickly. Right. That try has been disallowed. No. So Gee, back what to a surprise. Six. So what, what was your favourite song? At the- I'll go Let It Be or Hey Jude. No, Nick saying no. We haven't got that. <laughs> Nick, whatever you've got, I'll take it. It was such a great night. Give us it. It was funny when those uh, big bangs went off for that song. Paul put his hands to his ears, almost like, keep it down, it's too noisy. But it was an older crowd, of course, right? It wasn't young teeny bobbers, as we used to call them. I saw people walking there um, as I was leaving the races yesterday, and there there were families eh, with their kids going, but um, as you said, a lot of probably... People of our generation going, and it'll be the last time you see Paul McCartney Correct. in the country. Now, what about you? Shall I start off with my worst? Can I tell you my worst? Story? Go, go. It was probably my first ever date. Now, but it, I didn't know it at the time. How, so how old will be? Let's about, get that established. About eight years old. I had no idea what I was doing. You're eight. Yeah, there was. You should I, started young on the dating. Well, I had no idea. See, I, I look back on it now. I realised what it was happening. We had. Um, I won't mention their names in case they're listening. (laughs) What are you talking about, Tino? It's a breakfast show. We had um, some twins, a boy and a girl in our class. And I didn't know at the time, but they invited myself and a girl to this concert. So I said, I'll go. I have no idea what it was. I I, I only heard one song they'd ever sung. It was the Bay City Rolls. (laughs) Went to the Horden Pavilion. I was about eight years old. It scarred me for life, Dino. I'd never been so scared. There were women collapsing left, right. I had no idea. And it was just an eye-opener. People just getting carried out by ambulance officers. It was... They were big for about a month. Oh, it was just... I knew one song. It was Bye Bye Baby or something. But I just sat there and think I just want to go home. Oh, here we go. Oh. Just got each other anyway. Bye bye, baby, baby, goodbye. I could just see an eight-year-old Ray Thomas singing oh, was, that song. I was absolutely walked in there, and it was these, all these girls dressed in tart, and I was mortified. I was, what's going? And they were just getting carried out by ambulance officers, one after the other. They were screaming. You couldn't hear a sound at all because. Girls were just screaming. And it might was, have been when you walked in, they were screaming. I, no, I just wanted to go home, Dean. I just couldn't believe it. Anyway, best concert. What about your best? Yeah. Uh, did you have you seen U2 live? Uh, yes, I have. Oh, the fan. I saw them a few years ago and they came to Sydney and what a concert. Favourite U2 song? Mine? Yeah. Oh, gee, put me on the spot here, eh? Um, let me come back to you. There's this, what's that sweet song when Bono holds up the signs? He had a fight oh, yeah, with his yeah, missus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know what you mean, but mine is one. One. Yeah, I love one. A great song. That's our talk topic today. Best concerts and worst concerts you've seen. You can SMS us on 0419767272 or call on the open line 135353. What about here? We got it. What's that? Ah. Can you sing us a bar, right? Great song. Come on. Give uh, us something. Mate, two, give us something. Two things I can't do. Well, many things I can't do in life. The two worst are cooking and singing. What about the stroganoff? Just gets me past the keyboard. Great song. Like, like One song. line. Come on. Our last uh, show for a long time. We'll Come go, on. We'll, even producer Steve shaking his head saying, don't do it. We'll go to a break. Listen to Dino and Ray in the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend.
Weekend. And welcome back to the show. And during the ad break, the Kiwis have scored, missed the conversion 12 11 against South Africa in the Rugby World Cup final. About 20 minutes to go. Race replays time, but our talk topic best and worst concerts. Dino, it's gone off. Yeah, it certainly has. Ray has texted in. Hey, uh, Ray and Bulldog, best concert, Neil Diamond, 1976 okay. at the Sydney Sports Ground. Worst performance, Meatloaf on AFL Grand Final Day. Yeah, now, it wasn't that good, uh, was it? No, it <laughs> Poor wasn't. Old no. Dino from the Gong says, Morning, boys. Best concert would be Bon Jovi in Las Vegas. And my worst would be Janet Jackson. <laughs> Have a great Sunday, boys. What about this one, though, Ray? Where is it? It's from... Uh, no name on this. It's, Hi, boys. Love the show. The greatest rigger I have in 64. I was 18 years of age. I was offered a ticket to the Beatles in Brisbane. But being a big Elvis fan, I knocked it back. I've been whinging about it ever since. What year was that? 64. 64. Imagine knocking back the Beatles. Oh, no. And Fitzy said, if the date was as awkward as the way you told it, Ray, it would have been tragic. I look back on it now. What the hell was I doing there? It was just bizarre. Anyway, um, race replay time. We'll go straight to Randwick yesterday. Zarek got out to almost double-figure odds. Last to first, gets up in the last stride in the Craven Plate. Renaissance Woman running on, and Zarek down the outside. Skyman moved up, one off the fence. Renaissance Woman joined it. Zarek the outside. It's Renaissance Woman and Zarek. Zarek's come from last. It's only got Renaissance Woman to beat. They hit the line. If it got the bob, Zarek, it'll win it. Photo finish, Zarek from Renaissance Woman, and Skyman third. Followed them by no compromise, wet or new Mariana. Yeah, he, he got it right, the great man, Darren Flindell. Zarek got the bob in and just won over Renaissance Woman. No doubt about the next winner. Wow, Tom Kitten. Tom Kitten got to the front, 200 metres to run, and Tom's going strongly. Look at Tom go. Two, three, four in front. Capra down the outside in a second, but that's the best of Tom Kitten today. A much-deserved Group 1 victory. Tom Kitten won the spring champion in a cakewalk from Capra and Gambare. Then came Tuta Levita, a gap to Port Lockroy from Rafferty. Yeah, it certainly was a cakewalk. Big win for Tom Kitten, James Cummings and Adam Hieronymus. We'll talk to hopefully James Cummings shortly to see whether plans are still in place to go to the Victoria Derby next week at Flemington. This mayor's had a great spring. Espiona in the invitation. Alcohol free moved up, hit the lead. Magic time keeps coming. Espiona's lengthening on the outside with Ruthless Dame knuckling down. What a great finish here. Espiona trying to shake off Ruthless Dame. Magic time's brave. Espiona laying in. Nose in front, just won it. Espiona just won the invitation from Ruthless Dame and Magic Time. Alcohol free, kicked on. The Osbred flirt. Royal Only had three runnings of that race, Dino, and Karen McAvoy's ridden all three winners. Espiona getting up in the invitation narrowly. Uh, Espiona, of course, raced by star thoroughbreds Denise Martin. In the very next race, the big one, the calendar Presnell, there was Denise Martin, star thoroughbreds, and Chris Waller. 
Shining through again with Chrysor. It's flying trapeze, a length and a half clear. Artic Glamour's off the fence. Snowman's got the res built up. Now down the outside, Chrysor, Ducast and Namesake. Snowman got to the front. Snowman from Chrysor and Ducast. Snowman and Chrysor. Snowman, Chrysor lunges and got up. Chrysor in the last bound beats Snowman and Ducast third. Great finish overall. Then Zondi, Queen of Dragons, Namesake. Got the run. I'll, I'll go with Darren Fundell, Chrysayor, I think it was, but great win there in the calendar, Presnell, named after two absolute legends of racing media. Ken Callender and Max Presnell, was good to see them both there yesterday. Mooney Valley, Manicado Stakes, Imperatrice forty. As I mentioned earlier, the only surprise was she led. Made no difference to the result. Imperatrice glides around the corner three lengths in front of Uncommon James then I am me up the middle but Imperatrice called upon still three lengths in front and the Tangerine Tsunami's going to do it again Imperatrice won it well second I am me Uncommon James or the Inferno for third a gap to I am war and she absolutely bolted in Imperatrice and she's now the first horse ever in one year to win the William Reed the McEwen the Moyer and the Manicato, all the feature sprints at the Valley. Well, here it is, the Cox Plate, Matty Hill, great call, great finish, great horse, Romantic Warrior. Alligator Blood at the 200 took the front, Romantic Warrior the outside, Alligator Blood at the 100, Romantic Warrior, Mr. Brightside, still Alligator Blood, Mr. Brightside coming at it with Romantic Warrior, it's a photo finish, Mr. Brightside or Romantic Warrior. It's a photo finish. Alligator Blood third for fourth. We've got Fangirl in company with Jewers who ran a race. And it was Romantic Warrior out wider getting up in the last stride under James McDonald, giving Hong Kong the Cox Plate narrowly for Mr. Brightside and Alligator Blood in a terrific three-way go. Jewess unlucky running fourth, gold trip, great cup trial in fifth spot. Saki was brave, Fangirl had little luck. What a race, Dino. And you've been laughing all through the race replays because <laughs> Sorry, mate, you, you're reading out all our SMSs. <laughs> some people out there, they're very funny. Oh, let's read a couple just quickly. Right. South Africa 12, New Zealand 11, 15 minutes to go. And what's been a, a, an epic World Cup final here? Yeah, Terry texts in uh, Morning Men, best concert in excess, worst concert, Lou Reed. He collapsed on stage <laughs> after two songs consuming too many Persian rugs. <laughs> Agree, Dean Dyer, straights were boring. What about this? This is a classic. <laughs> Tom from Macquarie Fields. I was waiting years to see Wayne Newton perform. Finally got my wish in 2006. I read reviews that he couldn't see anymore, but thought it was written by someone who perhaps wasn't a big fan. The show was terrible. I sat there thinking, this has to get better. It only got worse. <laughs> in the 50 minutes I stayed, I couldn't take any more. He sang four songs, didn't finish one of them, introduced his band three times, <laughs> told about ten native Indian jokes, and had his backup singers perform solo. <laughs> and then there's uh, this one as well. Rob says, morning boys, uh, Queen was the best. Uh, worst, Chad Morgan turned up late, drunk as a skunk. Uh, Bob Dylan to the stage, but at least Bob didn't fall off the stage. <laughs> There's some oh, beauties there. Keep them coming in. Wayne's let us know. It's 1918. You're in front in the quiz too, by the way. So this is our last show for a while. It, it is, yeah. Sadly, Sadly. For quite a while. Because you're going OS. Yep. When, when do you leave, Dina? Uh, Wednesday morning. Wow. You excited? Yeah. I haven't really thought about it too much just you're yet. You're off work now? Or, or? No, no, no. I work today, Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. Gee, um, away you go. Yeah. And then 
Well, well, yeah, I've got to go into hospital, Dean. Yes. <laughs> got to get um, uh, an issue sorted, hopefully. Yes. Uh, so I won't, when you come back, I'll, that's when I go in. So I won't be on air again until next year. And then yeah. we go on holidays. Yeah. So we're not back together till the first week of February. Is that, when we're, is that when we're back on? Well, that's if there's a job for us. True. Yeah, you never when know. When you're away, Ray, in this industry. Yeah. It's, what do they say? As journalists, never take a holiday. <laughs> you know what, Ray? If they parted us tomorrow, I'd say it is what it is. We've had a great couple. How, of years. how many is one hundred and fifty-two? Oh, we've done more shows yeah. since I started. Willow's here, been keeping count, but you and I sitting next to each other. Yeah, one hundred and fifty-two. Not out. Not out. Willow. Mark's been waiting patiently. Mark, good morning. G'day, fellas. How are you? Yeah, thanks for waiting for us, Mark. What do you got for us, mate? Mate, the worst concert was Bob Dylan and Stevie Nicks. We've had a couple Bob of Bob Dylan, Dylan yeah. runs, yeah. When was that, Mark? Because uh, yeah. I went to a concert with Dylan in about 85. Oh, it would have been, yeah. It was Stevie Nicks and, and Dylan together on the same card at the entertainment centre. Right. And he he was there, but you couldn't understand the word he was saying. He, <laughs> I think he'd be there you know, chemically enhanced or something. And, <laughs> um, he can mumble, Bob. Yeah, yeah. And then Stevie Nicks. She'd sing one song, disappear for 10, 15 minutes, come out in a different dress, sing a song, disappear 10, 15 minutes, sing a song, that went on all night. Oh, oh good one, Mark. You saw Bob Dylan, but you liked him, Dino. Oh, I love Bob Dylan. Okay. The concert was very Dylan-esque. It was full of mumbles and grumbles. Okay. But Tom Petty was with him at that point. Well, Tom Petty's Tom good. Tom Petty yeah. was good. Yeah, fair enough. Mitch is on the line. Mitch, good morning. Morning, gentlemen. How are we going this yeah, morning? Terrific, mate. What do you got for us, Mitch? Mate, best concert I went to. I've been to all sorts of all different genres. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I'm looking forward to 2024. There's some great bands coming out like The Darkness and Machine Head and Incubus and Live, blah, blah, blah. Yada, yada, yada. Way over my Ray, head, mate, anyway. <laughs> yeah, anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> Foo Fighters, does that ring a bell? Yeah, yeah, Foo Fighters. Great. Mate, I've yeah. seen them three times and they are wonderful. Actually, we've had a couple of SMSs about the Foo Fighters. They're pretty popular. So, And, and they say they're a great band live, Mitch. They are, and yeah. um, they've just got a new drummer to replace Taylor Hawkins, that's but it, yeah, that's yeah, another story. Yeah. Worst concert I've been to is any one of my ones I've had to watch on video. Um, <laughs> no, but in, like a serious sense, in a serious sense, um, Bob Dylan. Oh, you got to run again. Star, yeah. Bob. He really, really, really disappointed me because his songs are wonderful when you mm. put him in the hands of Jimi Hendrix, Watchtower, and Guns N' Roses, um, Knocking on Heaven's Door, yeah. which leads to McCartney, Dean. How was it, mate? Yeah, it was wonderful, Mitch. Yeah, as I said, it was a really special night for a, an old Beatles fan like myself. I'd love to I think it was more uh, sentimental yeah, than anything else, and yeah. it was quite emotional. And for I got me, teared up 30 years ago listening to Hey Jude and yeah. Let It Be, so you would have probably yeah, been so the same Yeah, uh, so it was night. just wonderful yeah. to finally, after all these years of listening to the Beatles, yeah. to be able to see one right in front exactly, of my eyes. Yeah. So, wonderful um, stuff. Exactly. Pete's there. Pete, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Terrific, uh, Pete. As, a, as an old bloke, I thank God that uh, for Lee Gordon, he... Brought all the great acts to the stadium, and you can go for two quid and see Sinatra. Uh, uh, well, the Beatles, but I didn't like the Beatles, Connors. The girls screamed. Did you see the Beatles the in Sydney? You couldn't Pete? hear them back then, could you, Pete? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it was just phenomenal. Uh, what's name was the best concert I ever saw was Satchamo. He was unbelievable. Oh, Louis Armstrong. Louis Armstrong, just, yeah. I think yeah. you could sit four or five feet away from him for two quid or something. Wow. It was just ridiculous. And what was Frank Sinatra like, Pete? Oh, well, <laughs> depending on the mood. I think I was lucky the night I went, he was okay. And other people, I reckon he was pretty yeah. ordinary, you know. Okay. So I guess uh, 
Yeah, you? I guess if you're with a pretty girl, you sort of that was after after battle too, I guess. Nah, fair enough. No, good call, Pete. A couple of um, blasts from the past there, Dino, but Louis Armstrong. Louis yeah. Armstrong, great one. Yeah. Harpo, guys, worse. <laughs> Joe Cocker, over an hour late, blind drunk, <laughs> did two numbers, said we're going to do one more, we're going to go home. <laughs> Only cheery got all <laughs> Is that oh, from Harpo? Well, we better take a quick break and regather our thoughts. Let's do Dino and Ray in the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Talking all the overnight action. Incredible anticipation. The Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. 70 minutes gone, still 12 11 South Africa leading New Zealand in the Rugby World Cup final. And this is anyone's game, obviously. Richie Callender's on the line. Richie, good morning. Great day for the family yesterday. The Callender Presnell, named after Ken Callender, your father, and of course, Maxi Presnell, two great racing media legends. Great to see your mum there, all your family. Would have been a proud moment, Rich. Good morning. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, uh, Dog. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, of course, I think um, both Max and Dad were, uh, have been tickled pink since the honour was bestowed upon them to have a race named in their honour. And um, Yeah, it was great to see them. They've been great mates for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So it was great to see them there again yesterday together. They went down and did interviews for, I think, Seven and also Sky. And uh, they sat there all afternoon having a beer and uh, having a chat. And more importantly... Having a winner, I, I, uh, I heard yeah. someone ask Max Presnell, what's the favourite race? He said, the thing I backed earlier that won. And he <laughs> exactly. said, so I think that's what, if you're a punter, you're always a punter, only curable by death. Exactly, no, 100%. I don't know if they would have backed the winner of the calendar Presnell, but talking to Chris Waller during the week, he, he made mention of this race and said what a, an honour would be to win it. Well, he trained the Quinella. Cry say or, as Darren Fendell calls it, I'll go with Darren's pronunciation, just beating Snowman. Yeah, well, I, well, I think both Max and Dad were on um, uh, Snowman. Mm. Uh, I think they thought that uh, Art Dick Glamour was the one to beat, thought it was a fraction short, without telling stories out of school or, or betraying someone's trust. But I can tell you that we're in there after the presentation, going to a, the private room, and Peter McGoran was talking, and Chris Waller rang. Sophie Baker, and he said, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love you to present my trophy to Max Presnell and request that the ATC make another trophy, and I'll present that to Ken when they get that done. So I thought that was very nice, and I know that uh, both of them were tickled pink. Rich, what was your take on the Cox Plate? Uh, Great race. A lot of hard luck stories. Uh, I think he's been quiet for probably a few months, but I thought uh, James McDonald showed the last couple of days why he sits near the top of the tree. He got his horse to have every chance, and a lot of others uh, are licking their wounds this morning with some hard luck stories. I should have done this. I probably should have done that. But uh, no, and, and you know what? It's it's great for for racing as well. Uh, is Romantic Warrior the best two thousand meter horse in uh, around the world? Well, he's certainly in the conversation. He got the luck yesterday. I think you could run that race in three or four more or five more times, dog. And we get different results, but uh, a great result. And good well done to Danny Schumann, the team who. Took the opportunity to, you know, jump on a plane, come out. He always said they were going to improve from one run to the next, and mm. um, they got rewarded yesterday with the Cox Plate. But it was a great race, no doubt. And but, and, and I'm a fan of Michael Brow, the boss of Mooney Valley, but I think he'd be disappointed with the, uh, I think they've got to reshape their whole carnival. Um, like the Manicato, without being disrespectful, was just embarrassing. Uh, a group one, um, Imperatus, he's top tier. And then when Bonanotchas 
scratch the barrier. It was really just, you know, honestly, I'm not being disrespectful, dog, but it, it'd be just like, you know, me running around with five-year-olds, and, and I reckon I'd nearly beat them in any race too. So it, it, so it was sure. an anticlimax and disappointing for a group one. It, it makes it laughable that the Medicato goes down as a group one for imperatives and think about it who won the Everest, the best sprint race in the world. <laughs> Admittedly, gets the big lion's share of the $20 million, but it's not even considered a group one. Yeah, even a race like the Premier Stakes was a, a better race. Oh. And Peritree's an absolute star, but I know where you're coming from in relation to that. It's just, uh, there's a lot of things that need addressing in Australian mm. racing. That's one of them. What about back in Sydney? Look, Tom Kitten has raced without luck like, all spring, and it was getting a reputation as being one of those horses that maybe luck was just going to continually avoid him in races. But great rider Adam Hieronymus yesterday. And was a star born in Tom Kitten in the spring champion, Rich? Well, I think of what it, I think of what it shows yesterday. And those that would have been critical of Tom Kitten and the stars before, I, I think it just shows to show, you know, if you get up to the distance that you appreciate and you mm. draw a, a plumb barrier... You can be in a different position than you. I'm not being. If you go back, I know my out, the horse that we own a peanut in is a different kettle of fish. But Waterford, the start before, finally drew a good barrier, and you're in the race at Rose Hill. You draw a barrier, barrier, not in the race. And Tom Kitten had just been uh, a, a victim of circumstances, and you couldn't ride it differently. It luck just eluded it. Yesterday, perfect barrier, perfect distance, well trained, and you have the luck. Mm. There's not much between the top. And the, and the next five or six down in so many of our uh, our classes in racing, you need to get the luck. You need to get a good barrier. And that's what Tom Kitten got yesterday. And, and he showed what the quality is. And if he happens to go to the derby, which I know you'll talk to James Cummings uh, next hour, it'll be awfully, awfully hard to beat because yesterday showed it can relax and then dash. Exactly. Yeah, put an absolute margin on him. And it was a very, very impressive win. Espiona's had a great spring carnival and... She got up in the invitation. She wouldn't be the easiest horse to ride, but when she lets down, she's got an outstanding turn of foot, Rich. Well, it was, you know what? You've you, you, you got to live and die by your sword. Karen McAvoy had the opportunity to ride Fangirl in a Cox Plate, and, and I know that him and his manager, Brian Haskins, sat down and they thought to themselves, you know, you've got to go where the best opportunity for you, and he had the one ride there. You might pick up one or two here, and Karen said, well, if I stay in Sydney, I'm Arctic Glamour in the calendar Presnell, I'm on um, like, uh, SBA the other one. The, big, yeah. the spring champion, he was going to be, he ran on Cap Ferrara in second. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, in the invitation, he was Espiona. Espiona was the one that said, right, I'll stay in Sydney. He won yeah, he, he won a place and he won, of course, the invitational. So just reward for Karen and a great ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you can fall into the barrier uh, of trying to ride her a little bit too aggressive. He enabled her to settle. He got on the back of Sammy Clippin. Um, I thought Magic Time was brave, but Gee, she's a good mare, Espiona, and, yeah. and she showed that once again that Everest form isn't too bad. Exactly, yeah. Um, if a star was born with Tom Kitten, maybe we're watching um, a star continually evolve with Tyler Schiller. He rode three winners yesterday. A couple of his rides were just magic. Um, he now leads the Sydney Jockeys Premiership, and with three months into the season, what odds that would have been at the start of the year. But um, he's a young man going places in a hurry, Rich. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's, you come out of your time, it's never easy. And it took Tyler a couple of months just to adapt, but he's on a on a crest of a wave now. And, and the best thing about Tyler Schiller, that for those that have never met Tyler, and I know Ray and I have talked to him a lot, he's, he's just a beautiful young man, mm. um, always so well-mannered. 
um, always asks questions, wants to learn, talks to everyone uh, uh, in, a, in, a, in, an, in an older man's world so well and um, he gets all the rewards that he deserves because he's a very talented young rider. I said last uh, so many times, I reckon it wasn't the Canterbury night season just gone. The one before was one where I thought to myself, wow, he's now evolved and he's just come of age, Tyler. And yeah, he'll be, when, when he retires, when you talk about the, you know, the Bowmans, the Dipmans, the McDonald's, he'll be mentioned in the name Schiller alongside there. Rich, have you been listening to the show? And if so, our talk topic is best and worst concerts you've been to, given I ducked over and saw Sir Paul last night. Can you remember your best concert and your well, worst? Let me just say this to start with, Doug. I'll be honest. I don't have FM on my radio. So, look, I'm not what you'd call... <laughs> you stuck on the racing music. channel. Correct. Right? Sky Sports well, Radio. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a music fan as such, but I can tell you that my eldest daughter my next, and uh, my youngest daughter are both country music fans. My eldest is a complete ma- mad woman in relation to country music. So I have been to... I went to Morgan Wallen lately uh, with Hardy and Ernest and Bailey Zimmer. I thought that was just incredible. I'm not a... And I went and saw two young blokes who are going to be the next big things in Australian country music at a pub at uh, Annandale there called Zach and George. And I'm telling you, dog, you get on their bandwagon now, Zach and George, two young blokes. They are outstanding. There you go. Zach and George. Zach and George. Outstanding. Zach and George. As always, Rich, you're outstanding, mate. So I really appreciate it. Can I finish with one thing, Ray? Yeah, yeah. I wish you the best in, in uh, where you're, where you're, you're going to look after that matter and yourself, your personal health. I wish you the best. Have a great trip, dog. And without making a harp, I just want, I know that I don't, I'm not a big fan of the afterlife, but I just wanted to say that um, six years ago today, I lost a brother, but we lost a legend. And I, I, I was, we'll, we'll celebrate Matt's life today. But I, I think back and I think one, if we could all leave a legacy of the beanies, the NRL beanie for brain cancer, which dog covers so well every year. There've been over 26 million just raised in the beanies round as well with the Mark Hughes Foundation. So if you can keep supporting the uh, the beanies and the Mark Hughes Foundation, that makes my family very proud, and mm. it carries on the legacy of my late brother Matt, who was uh, as close to a saint that I've ever met. Beautifully said, Rich. And I didn't realise it was today, but that six years has gone way too fast. Great man, Matt Callender. Appreciate. Your thoughts, as always, on a Sunday morning, Rich, and we'll talk next week. Thanks, Rich. Hey, boys. Good on you, buddy. There's Richie Callender, and that's oh, it's six years. Gee, that's gone way, way too fast. So a lovely man, Matt Callender. Tanya's in studio with today's scratchings. We've got the Queen Beanne Cup along with a big meeting at Tari. Tan, good morning. Good morning. Yes, we do indeedy. Let's start with Queen Beanne, where the weather is fine, the track a good four, the rail is true and there are ten scratchings. Race one, take out number two, Lethal Lady and seven, Soul Lady, two and seven. Race two is clear from race three, number three, no question, number three. From race four, take out three, Madison Point, number three. Out of race five, number one, Avertimento, Four, My Boy Lubby, and eight, Promise the Moon, one, four, and eight. Race six is clear. Out of race seven, number six, Narito, number six, and race eight, number eight, Field of Myrtle, and 13, The Emergency, eight and 13 from race eight at Queen Beanne. 
To Tari, the weather is fine. The track is soft six. The rail is out three metres the entire course and there are 25 scratchings. From race one, take number seven, party stop and the emergency 13, seven and 13. Race two, the emergencies 13 through to 18, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Race three, number two, our pappy, Three, Thor's Lightning and 11, Missile Love, 2, 3 and 11. Race 4, number 4, Waterworld. 5, She's a Bad Girl, 10, Crown Guinea, 11, Garrity and the Emergency, 15. 4, 5, 10, 11 and 15. From race 5, number 4, Oodles, 12, Miss Monopoly and the Emergency, 13, 4, 12 and 13. Out of race 6, Emergencies, 13, 14, 15 and 16. And race 7, number 9, Zoom Outcome and 10, Alicio, 9 and 10 from race 7, Atari. Thanks so much, 10. Tips today, I was going to make uh, Champers go on the opener at Queenby and the best bet dinner, but it's into a dollar thirty-five, so we'll we'll avoid that. Race four, number seven, Soul Lady, into the Queenby and Cup. Race six, number one, Invincible Dash. I think will be hard to beat in the uh, Queenby and Cup. Tari today, race four, number one, G Wiz. Johnny looks really hard to beat, and race five, number five, Apache Dock. Each way, about nine dollars should run a terrific race. Still twelve eleven in the Rugby World Cup final. You know, the last minute or so, New Zealand have the ball. They've got to try and find a way to score somehow, Dino. Yeah, Geordie Barrett had a penalty goal about 46 metres out, Ray. He pushed it to the left. That would have given the All Blacks the lead. So they're behind by a point. Starting to look at the scoreboard, though, Ray, and the clock. And I think they've just lost the ball. That could be that could be the World Cup to South Africa. Oh, you just thrown it away. So, um, yet they hang on. They have, to be fair, have led the whole match. But New Zealand got the ball back, so they're trying to get back into this contest. Um, gee, it'd be tough if New Zealand lose this because they've been a man down pretty much or for 60 minutes this match, pretty much, Dino. Yeah, it's been a heroic effort, hasn't it, mm. Ray, to stay in and the game? And they've had the better of the second a half. man down. South Territorially, they've been right on top in the second half. Yeah, so. knock on there to the All Blacks, Ray. So, yeah, it's been a... A gripping final, only one try, which is disappointing. There's a few people texting in saying how uh, the rules are stifling the game, but we seem to hear that all the time in rugby these days, don't we, Ray? A little bit of magic. How good is that? He's done a blindly time. What a way to bring a bungee. A cracking try. Big room on the mountaintop. You could hear a pin drop. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, the big sports breakfast weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Rain as we return. South Africa have won the Rugby World Cup 12-11 against an unlucky but brave New Zealand. Very shortly, Peter Peters will join us. Um, we're getting, getting to James Cummings from Godolphin, the league super quiz. The final time this year between you and I, Dino. So if you win, that means a draw in terms of 19 all. Mm. And there's no more this year. So we shake hands and walk off. If you win... Then lunch for you. Correct. But I have to wait for a while. That's right. It'll be in January sometime. Oh, I can wait. Oh, sure you can. <laughs> Jared Daffy is back today. <laughs> Producer Steve's laughing. 
Jared Duffy's back with some life lessons. Actually, my mum sent through some life lessons for Jared too. Ah, so good. A, you know what? Yeah. Let's whack one buck across the net. We will, yeah. See how he likes it. Phil Moss with the world of football, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on 135353, SMS 0419767272. Anything to do with sport. The poor Kiwis, they lost, lost the Pacific Championships match. They lost the cricket both to Australia, and they've gone down by one point against South Africa, 12-11 in the Rugby World Cup, despite being a man down for pretty much 60 minutes of the match, Dino. Yeah, it was certainly very brave, wasn't it, to go down by just one try and one point, but uh, did a big effort, the Kiwis, because yeah. they've been on the slide ever yeah. so slightly in the last few years, and there was a lot of chit-chat I think Ian Foster was he, he told marched. he's gone. He's marched after this game, yeah. Extraordinary. So. Mm. Uh, no name on this one, Ray. Uh, do you know when the NRL draw for 24 comes mm. out? No, the answer is I don't know. I think, though, it's been delayed slightly because the last I was told they were bringing out corresponding draws, the men okay. and the women, at the same time. So I think it's just been pushed back ever so slightly. Now, this is an interesting one, Ray. Mm. Willow from Windsor. Mm-hmm. Hey, fellas, if you boys had a band, it would be called Ray and the Dog. <laughs> so if Ray and the Dog was to eventuate, mm. what would you do in the band? Oh, well, I, I can't sing and I can't read a note, so... Tambourine? Oh, that'd be about it for me. <laughs> what are those shaky things? Just like? mime, like Millie Vanilli Ray. <laughs> yeah, that'd be me, probably. What would you do, Dina? <laughs> me, I would be one of those blokes... Of, on the side that dance to the music because oh, I can um, cu- can dance I can you? cut the rug a bit right seriously yeah. <laughs> thank you for that Nicholas what about our next guest what would what he play what if Zorba would play in a band let's ask him maybe Pete- the, a Greek guitar or something we'll find out Peter Peters good morning morning bazooka boys <laughs> bazooka <laughs> And hey. you can pants, you can pants, doggy <laughs> he reckons he can Zorb have you seen him Zorb Ah, uh, yeah, for sure. Can, I mean, can he dance? He can do anything. Thank you. Thank you, Zorba. How yeah, are you, I King? Didn't. Did you have a good day I, on the punt yesterday? No, I didn't. I um, I started well, <clears throat> but you've got to finish well, and I didn't. Um, congratulations, Ray, another trifecta in a big race. Um, you were all over it yesterday in the um, in the Cox Plate. Um, great race, wasn't it? So, what a great race. A great race. A great yeah. day. Good yeah. day of racing. It was, yeah. Um, Cox Plate day. But... I, Yep. Um, we spoke a few moments ago about um, New Zealand. What a, you know, our nearest international sporting neighbour. Mm. And aren't we lucky to have them so close? I mean, we, we had a wonderful day yesterday battling it out with them, uh, both uh, here in Australia and overseas in World Cup cricket. And they've just gone down bravely 12-11 against South Africa, who become the first side, first country to win four World Cups. But Oh my God, that's a horrible game. I mean, I I don't want to sit here and bag the game, but I mean, they have old referees who have to blow the whistle constantly. They never shut up. Um, there was one try scored in the game. Players sent off for what? For, a couple of them were, for, got no ideas or what they no, sent off for. Yeah. Well, one player just got sent to the sin bin late in the World Cup for supposedly deliberately knocking the ball on. Now, he went in for a tackle, and I don't know how they can deem it when they've got the... Um, we talk about our bunker. Well, they they show their bunker. They're the stars of the show. Mm. I, I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's a Fair horrible, enough. horrible game, and um, I'm amazed that so many people like it around the world because it is so bloody boring. 
Let's talk about the Kangaroos. 36-18. I said to Dino earlier, I think the score flattered them a little. They were the better side, but New Zealand made a fair few fundamental errors. They'll go to Hamilton next week with a fair bit of hope, I'd say, Zorb. Yeah, they will. Um, look, the game started with an incredible uh, stare off Harker. Mm. I loved it. Um, it ended up pretty friendly. 20,500 at Amy Park. Australia, just too good. Um, but they they um, they got the things to go their own way. I, I thought Australia showed uh, Collins, I thought, was fantastic. Two tries. Could have been um, first front row to score a treble in a... Uh, uh, in a test match for Australia, but um, uh, just too good. I thought um, Cameron Murray, six tries in six test matches for uh, the South Sydney skipper, and he joins the great Ron Coote, also formerly of um, of South Sydney. I thought Valentine Holmes, his six out of seven helped Australia just keep away from New Zealand, but you're right, it'll be a tougher game mm. over there in um, in Hamilton next weekend, Um in front of a parochial home crowd. In the women's test, 12-6 to New Zealand. They broke a uh, long-time uh, um, superiority by the Australian women um, in a very good test match there. Over in the World Cup in the cricket, over in India, um, Australia got 388. You would have thought they would have been home. But New Zealand had 19 to get in the that? last over and a, uh, a, a five-run wide um, by Mitchell Stark put them right into the game, the Kiwis. They ended up um, um, just falling short, 771 runs in the um, in the game, and that's four straight wins to uh, Australia in the um, in the World Cup cricket. So they're they're coming home strongly. But wherever we play New Zealand, whatever sport, um, it's a um, it's a great contest, and um, we're lucky, as I said, to have them so close. Mm. We're being reminded on the text, Zorba. I'm trying to find it. About four texts. Four or five. Did you have a crack at Adam Zampa last week, the only bloke who's taking 148 wickets <laughs> in the last two games? Yeah, I did have a bit of a crack at him. I'm what do you want to say today? Pro, um, well, he was okay. <laughs> uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't excite me as a spinner. I'm like, please don't compare him to, um, to our, our great spinners of the past. As I said, he bowls tennis balls. Will you b- say sorry that you were wrong? No, I wasn't wrong. <laughs> um, somebody's got to take some wickets. Thank God he is. He's, I tell you what, though, Zorb. Yeah, thank he God gets the he's... maximum overs. No, I, I think he's he's not an international spinner. Oh, that's a tough call. He's a good one dayer, and he's our our best one day spinner at the moment. That I said to Dino earlier that Ravindra, who scored the hundred for New Zealand, he's had a couple of really impressive knocks this ODI World Cup. I think New Zealand yeah, got a good, good one player, there. Isn't he? They got a good he's one. A good there. young player. Exactly. Um, we were lucky to have Travis Head back in the game, and. Um, uh, back in the in the side, and his ton was unbelievable. So, but I want to take you overseas because I know you do love the Premier League. Uh, Ange Postacoglu, mm. you've been around a long story time. In English Premier League. Yeah, you've been yeah. around a long time, Zorba. You've covered a lot of sports over what fifty odd years. What do you make of this story? It's just extraordinary, isn't it? He's an extraordinary coach, manager. It's the biggest story and the biggest competition in the biggest football code in the world, um, the English Premier League. He his, his start for a first-up coach is the best ever in the, in the Premier League. They are two points clear after 10 rounds, and he's been the manager of the month for the first two months, um, and he'll do it again. I 
I started following the teams that he coached here in Australia, and I I didn't do it in Japan because I I couldn't get hold of their games, but I did get up to watch every Celtic game, and uh, he hardly lost a game there mm. in two years, and that's a big club in Glasgow. And then to go to Tottenham and do what he's doing, to have the fans give him a rock star welcome and departure on every game singing about him. It's an amazing story. Um, they didn't play at their best, but they won 2-1 over Crystal Palace to maintain their league. And the English press can't get enough of um, our mm. Ange. And That's true. Yeah. I think it's put our coaches on the map. I've always thought our good mate Graham Arnold uh, is, a, is a world-class coach. And, um, and I think that Ange is paving the way for our coaches to be recognised worldwide. That's a good point. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't be surprised to see Arns get a gig overseas one day as well, if he wants to take his career that that way. Hey, um, so Dino would be too modest to ask, but he did write a story during the week about players who get paid a lot of money by their clubs in the NRL, but realistically, once the season is over, the clubs have very little control over them. Is it time that changed, Zorb, do you think? Well, I think if you're the major employee employer of the player and you're paying them 1.3 million a year to play for you um you have to have some control um and the clubs don't i mean the and i'll be shot down for saying it but the the curry knockout players just go willy-nilly and play in that um and it's often on not the best grounds not the best medical support on on uh, on tap for them. Um, and we've seen what happened to Josh Adokar. He's lost his spot in the Australian side because of an incident that um, that went on at that knockout. Um, we've got a Tongan side touring England at the moment, loaded with NRL stars and big-name stars too that are getting a lot of money. Um, we've, we've got international matches going on. We've got the Pacifica Championship um, and... All of those players mostly come from the NRL, and the player and the coach, clubs don't have any control. I want to say that I like the idea of the Pacifica knockout. I think it's high time, and I'm very critical of and the talent on show has been been really good. But it highlights the lack of foresight by NRL clubs. Not one club has set up a relationship, a partnership, a coaching clinic, a, a, anything to do with um, Papua New Guinea, Tonga, Samoa, Cook Islands, a $1 million investment would reap handsome dividends. I remember back in the 60s playing against St George and they had two Tongan giants in their side, Happy and Inosi Toga. First of the Pacific players that we'd ever seen in the competition here. And... They made an immediate mark at St George. Yet we've done nothing to promote the game in the Pacific Islands. And I think if one club had shown some foresight, I, I see where um, Melbourne Storm are going to take a, uh, a trial game over to Fiji. I mean, look at the Fijian players that have come here in recent times and made a mark and then gone on to um, play rugby overseas after starring here in rugby league. It's a, um, it's a no-brainer, but nobody has had the foresight or, or, or the passion to go there and do it. 
Zorb reports this morning that Michael Checker is being considered as football manager for the West Tigers. How do you see West Tigers shaping up in terms of 2024 and their possible recruitment and retention? Bulldog, I see... Well, player managers at the moment, and they're a very important part of our our game, Rugby League. They have a big say um, in the NRL. And right now, Benji Marshall and his Tigers are on the nose for the player managers. They're reluctant to send young or established players to the Tigers. It means the Tigers have got to play over the top um, for any player they get. And a classic example of that is when... um, Aiden Caesar was shopped around for the minimum of $150,000 a season to play in the NRL. There were no takers. And then the Tigers, on the back of Benji Marshall jumping in, um, paid $200,000 for him. So they paid $50,000, Sonny a pittance, I know, uh, in the terms of a um, a salary cap. But it just shows that they're, um, they're off the mark. They're rightly the manager's wary of Benji Marshall as a head coach. They maintain the Tigers went backwards in 2023 under Marshall's coaching. And let's face it, he was the coach. The managers aren't silly. They get the inside mail from their clients, the players. And the word is the jury is still very much out on whether Marshall will make it as a head coach. That means there's going to be a lot of pressure on the rest of the coaching staff there in the upcoming season. He's had no luck attracting any big-name players to the club after the likes of Coruscant, Clemmer, uh, Papa Leahy. They came in under Tim Sheens, but um, we haven't seen Benji have any luck bringing in any players of any note yet. Um, I put a big question mark over them, and I reckon they're, um, they could be headed for another wooden spoon. Where were you punting yesterday, Zorba? I was punting at the Mossman Club. I started off like a house on fire, uh, but I was a speedy squib. By the end of the day, I was a forlorn figure as I made my way to to the car park and out of there. You know, on uh, Friday, Zorba rings me. Mm -hmm. Hey, dog, I'm in town. Do you have a coffee? I said, yeah, that'd be lovely. So Mm -hmm. he said, Saturday morning. I said, mate, I can't. I've got a couple of things on Saturday morning. What about lunchtime? Nah. I said, what do you mean? He said, nah. I said, what about Saturday afternoon? Nah. Why? Punting. I was about to say, he's busy. It's Saturday afternoon. <laughs> so in other words, once the races start, they exactly. ping the gates for that first race. I can understand Everything that. is off limits with Zorba. I can, you do I not can get into that, his Zorb. vision or his psyche. Because that it's is it. You are gone. It's my relaxation. There can't be another soul on this but earth. But you don't work. Your whole week's a relaxation. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But I don't want to talk to anybody. I right. just want to concentrate on losing my money, little, little, little of which I have. Hey, Zorb, when you lose, it means you're one day closer to your next winning day. Exactly. And don't forget yeah. next Saturday, Golden Eagle Day and Derby Day. So we've got plenty to look forward to, as we have with the ODI World Cup and the Pacific Championships final next Saturday night between – is that next Saturday night, Daniel, Australia yes. New Zealand? So, Zorb, we'll talk next Sunday, and hopefully we're talking about a few winners in a Melbourne Cup tip. Hopefully, because the horse I backed in the Melbourne Cup, and He's I very rarely – um, back early. It's out, out now, so I've done my money there. Well, your man James McDonald goes on to gold trip last year's winners, Orb. Well, he's the best jockey I think I've seen in a long time, so um, maybe gold trip is um, same, Fair same ownership as yep. um, 
as the horse I was backing. So, um, yeah, let's go with it. Good on you, Zorba. We'll talk next week, mate. Okay, mate. And I think in the band, you don't, in your band with Bulldog, mm-hmm. you don't have to do anything because <laughs> your hair will stand up under the spotlight. It will glow and there won't be a hair out of place. You are there with that panting bulldog. The pant of the dog could <laughs> replace the drums. Mate, I'd be the worker of the band. Ray would be the pretty boy, I reckon. No, he would be. No. no you didn't actually tell us what you do, Zorba. Yeah, bazooka. Oh, bazooka. <laughs> yeah, I'm the bazooka. <laughs> hey, get on you, Zorba. We'll talk next week. Dressed in my fustanella. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> There's Peter Peters. Adrian's on the line. Adrian, good morning. Yeah, good day, guys. How are you going? Look, just on this um, thing about players playing in the Koori knockout and other yeah, other tournaments yeah. and whatever else. I mean, I think it's imp- as long as they're insured. I think it's important they play these games, give back to the game because you can get injured doing anything. Look at Elisa Healy. Yeah, good point. She, she she broke a finger or did something just trying to stop two dogs, her two dogs from fighting. So I think it's important they get out there, and give back to the game. The point I made in my column. Uh, Adrian was about rugby league, but the main guts of it was the boxing. I find the boxing hard to digest because we go to such uh, meticulous lengths to keep the players protected. Oh, you mean the he- around the concussion, head, yeah, the and then they go out and play in these uh, compete in these boxing tournaments. It was called mm. the Battle of the Reef, Ray, about mm. three weeks ago. There's about six NRL players up there. They were getting smashed around the head, and I'm thinking, hang on a minute. One week we're saying. You get a, a glancing blow to your head, you're straight off the field for an HIA, which I agree with, and yet three weeks later, they're up there in, at an unsanctioned event in Townsville getting their head beaten in. Yeah, the, the flip- how, how is that consistent with what rugby league yeah, I, stands I, for when it comes to concussion? Understand that the flip side is these are young men, they're fit, they're confident, they want to test themselves. But in they're going to make a decision, arenas. mate. Which sport do you want to be in? And if you're getting paid a million bucks a year, I think you have to make that call. Either you're a rugby league player or you want to go and box. And if you want to box, that's fine. I've got no beef for that whatsoever. But I don't think you can do both. And all the sports in America have these clauses saying what you can and can't do. Michael Clark during the week said it. Mm. Cricket Australia contracts. There's a lot of things in there you can't do. Clarkie even said in there he's not even supposed to go skiing. Wow. So there's a lot of stipulations in well, contracts EPL, these days. EPL, they don't, often don't let the Australian players come home and play for their country. Correct. So, anyway, yeah, it's a really good point. Good call, Adrian. Um, this scene to Dino and Ray in the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Talking all the overnight action. Another one for Gay Waterhouse. He kicked it! So go all the way! The Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Welcome back to the show. A few SMSs here. Dino Peters chimed in. Gents, one thing I realised this morning is the fact the Wallabies have slipped so far below the top teams in the last five to ten years. Never mind um, Eddie Jones. We could have had Hooper, Conan the Barbarian and Superman and still lost. The issues facing Australian rugby started well before Jones and it's about time this was addressed. Well, well said, Peter. Yeah. I think the Eddie Jones situation with those senior players, the, the, the hardest part I found to digest, Ray, was I think your blood players leading into the World Cup, not at the World mm, Cup. It's yeah. too big a risk if you fall on your face. It was a strange decision, wasn't yeah, it? You know? I would have gone with those senior blokes, your Quade Cooper, your Michael Hooper. Mm. Once it's over, then you can start the new revolution. Mm. Then you can start to blood 
for the next World Cup, which is in when, right? 2027. Yes. But don't do it at the World Cup. Do it after the World Cup, Mm. in my opinion. At least have that... Those experienced players there. If you're going to bring in all these young players, don't you need them to look up to the blokes like the Hoopers and the the Coopers who have been there and done that? Been there, done it before. Mm. Kevin says Ray tells Orba that Zampa is our spinner. Uh, three wickets this match. Uh, four times four times four yeah. in the previous games. Not bad, hey. Fifteen wickets. He's True. He's going really well. Uh, Never got a baggy but, green though, has he? No. Will no. he ever get one? Yeah. Well, not. Uh, I mean, Lions going to. Not when Allegedly Lyons. play for another four yeah. or five years. Not when Lyons here, and it's probably other other young spinners coming through. To be fair, he's got a tough gig over there because they're bowling on roads, aren't they? Mm. Seriously, and the grounds are quite small. Um, they make they're scoring runs for fun. So, and we've only got one spinner, Dino. Which if Sampa gets injured, we're in massive trouble because we were exposed last night. There was um, there was no one outside of Zampa looked like taking wickets really. So, um, but at the moment he's doing the job for Australia. We're Four and two, and we're charging through now. I did a story in the week, Ray. I might just touch on very mm. briefly. Scott Penn, the Manly chairman, just not so much warning his players, Ray, just a little caution about behaviour in Las Vegas, like all players over there. And you. And me. Well, if I'm going, I'm not even sure I'm going. But uh, Scott just said this is a business trip. It's not a vacation because we are playing for competition points. So it was just a gentle reminder that, yes, there are some – Lures in Las Vegas, there are some attractions, there's some temptations. Ooh, so You might not come home. Behave. You might not come home, mate. <laughs> uh, yeah, think about the consequences yeah. because uh, Las Vegas is the party capital of the world. It's known as Sin City and we don't, Ray, after mm. all this promotion, need a player drama. I, I think, well, they're there for competition points, so it's pretty full on. Mike's chimed in. Hi, we saw Paul McCartney on Friday night. I kept thinking what a privilege it was to be there. Well said, Mike. Uh, PK from Albury. Best concert show I've ever seen was Tina. Tina Turner, I presume he means. Haven't seen a bad live concert, but Meatloaf was disgraceful. Thanks for your tipping yesterday. We're looking forward next week already. Yeah, that's from PK from Albury. I think Meatloaf, as good as he was, sort of tarnished his legacy that day in the AFL Grand Final. I can't sing, but that's pretty bad. (laughs) Poor fellow, he's passed, but that's not good. May he rest in peace, but that was a train wreck, wasn't it? (laughs) Fitzy's on the line. Fitzy, good morning. Hello, boys. How are we? Terrific, mate. What have you got for us, Fitzy? Hey, I've got a name for your band. Oh, beautiful. (laughs) Uh, It's got to be Hair of the Dog, hasn't it? Oh, yes. (laughs) That's brilliant, Uh, Fitzy. Brilliant. If we had a prize, you'd get it today. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, Bulldog, you're going to love this one. Thursday, I'm talking to a good mate of mine, and he goes, I've got a guy, mate. Bulldog Richie's on the other line. I've got to squash some rumours. Oh, hang on. Who are you ringing, Dino? I can't remember. Who was that? Can we give him up, Fitzy, or not? Yeah, bugger him. Sato. Oh, Sato, good man. He's a player manager. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, good man. So he brushed his salary cap me. He's got to go. (laughs) So you're gone. Fitzy, that about sums it up, doesn't it? Oh, mate. You're out. I'd hit the lowest end then. (laughs) I knew it was all over. Hey, Fitzy, can you chime in with our talk topic? Best and worst concerts? I saw Kings of Leon at um, Hard Rock Cafe in Vegas. Yeah. 
and it was just as the GFC hit, and it was $27 a ticket. Greatest night of my life. Wow, there you go. That's that's pretty good value, actually, really. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Worst, embarrassed to say this, have to be salt and pepper at the old <laughs> entertainment centre. May I ask why you were there in the first place? Oh, no, I was about 10. I didn't know any better. Yeah, I, I can... <laughs> Yeah, same with my Bay C. Rollers story. I knew, I knew one song, Fitz. You had no idea what I was doing there. So anyway. Hey, I love hair of the dog, Fitzy. That's very clever, that, mate. That's hard to beat. John's there. John, good morning. No, we've lost John. Hair the dog or Ray and the dog. Someone said Ray and Blocker would go well. Yes. I don't think Blocker would like to be singing. Blocker could double me. up as a bit of security as well. That'd be a good thing. <laughs> what do you think? Hey, uh, I don't know. Anyway, our next guest had a... Terrific day. I mentioned earlier, Dino, sometimes you, you sit back and think a star was born today, and I reckon we saw one yesterday with Tom Kitten in the spring champion. James Cummings joins us. James, good morning. I, I know I can go overboard at times, but, gee, I think we did see a potential star in Tom Kitten yesterday. Yeah, g'day, Ray. No, I don't think you go overboard. I think you're spot on. Hey, Dino, thanks for having me on. No he worries, good, wasn't he? He, he was good, Tom Kitten, wasn't he, oh, Ray? Acceleration, he'd, uh, yeah. He'd, he'd had he'd had one tough run after another, and uh, you know I was starting to lean towards Colin Hayes's book of 101 excuses there by the <laughs> third one, yeah. telling them why the horse got beaten on Monday. But he was he was uh, he was imperious oh. in that Spring Champion Stakes yesterday, and, uh, and and an absolute thrill for us to see a horse take full flight like that, who uh, who who you know as you as you're alluding to has. A very, very bright future. Yeah, it was a sight to behold. Great ride, Adam Hieronymus. How has he pulled up? And I know when you see a horse win an easy thing, oh, he's had an easy run. But a couple of factors, he, he's had a long spring. They ran good time yesterday. I know he won by a margin. So how has he pulled up, James? And is the derby still on the horizon for next Saturday? Well, he's, he's pulled up great. He was, uh, he was towing his... his uh, his strapper Jess around there after the race yesterday, and uh, you know, I actually actually saw the horse get on the float, depart the course. Uh, he, um, you know, he, it actually reminded me a lot of Colette winning the Adrian Knox. You know, watching them yeah. get on the float like they just had a ten furlong gallop. But um, I couldn't help but wonder. Well, I hope he didn't do too much and drawing away by nearly four lengths in that Group One there yesterday. But uh, but he, he look he, he did pull he did pull up well. Um, he has a tendency to come out on a Monday after a run and you. He's so tough, Tom Kitten. You wouldn't know he's had a run, but we'll um, we will actually have a talk about it today because it's a, it's a difficult situation having not booked a jockey, and uh, and and he's a popular ride in the race. You know they've got they've got uh, they've got to get themselves sorted. So we'll probably come up with an answer today, and I'll, I'll, I'm expecting to be on the phone with Vin Cox and Jason Walsh today about it. Fair enough. It'll be exciting to see what he does. Next start in the Derby, hopefully, and particularly next autumn, because he is very, very good. What about next Saturday? You've got some terrific chances. We'll, we'll stay at Flemington. Cylinder, all systems go for the Coolmore stud, James. Yes, yes, he's uh, he's set to run in the in the Coolmore. A very important race for him. He's, um, you know, he's come through that he's come through that uh, Everest like uh, like it's toughened him up nicely. He. he, he um, I think he'd be. I think he'd be ready to go, but uh, but it's certainly certainly going to be interesting seeing both he and Shinzo dropping back to three-year-old set weights company. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, there's you know there's, there's King's Gambit, who at least has had a bit of experience up the straight. And uh, you know, talking about Tom Kitten, who's by 
young sire, Harry Angel. There's a Harry Angel filly going into the race off the last start win in the Danehill. Um, Stretton Angel. That looks a very talented horse. Lightly raced, came through, came through Adelaide as a two-year-old, and uh, and it's very important for our business to have a young sire like Harry Angel throwing up two top-class horses in his first crop, and over various distances too, James. Yeah, the versatility is a big factor, mm. but uh, but our Tom Kitten, he's he's line bred to Machiavellian, and and so you can get a you can get a feel for why the horse is so effortlessly uh, performing over a middle distance mm. and uh, you know a, a few of the, a few of those melbourne jockeys have have written to me and, and said the derby does look his race uh, james how are, are golden mile and pericles ahead of the golden eagle yeah they're good dino they look pericles went into the uh, he'll go he'll go into that golden eagle with massive improvement you know if i can channel a little bit of my inner danny shum i might be <laughs> able to get him improved just as much as romantic warrior did after the turnbull but, he's, but I've given him three weeks from that Silver Eagle after a, after a little setback, uh, missing the Epsom, and uh, and he was he was one of one of a handful of horses that was up on a pretty pretty uh, busy tempo, and he was the only one fighting it out after the you know over the concluding stages. So he'll improve a stack and back to fifteen hundred for Pericles. He's spot on. He's um, so that's that that's that Street Boss four year old looks like he's um, he's really ready to go. And Golden Mile, I, you know, I think I think Golden Mile could have, I think he could have run a lot better just with it, just just if he didn't quite get so keen over the mile in the King Charles. Mm. His run in the Epsom you would have seen was enormous. Uh, looked home there with 150 to go, and uh, and and dropping back to 1500, you know, is something. You know, so I think there's something in his favour rather than remaining at 1600. I just think he's just got a bit more pace about him at this prep, and. Uh, Look, he, he was a winner of the Theo Marks there and, and uh, um, you know, three, three, three starts ago. So I think he's going to look good getting to that Golden Eagle and, uh, and you know, set weights for your race. I'd say, um, I'd say we've got two very interesting runners. Exactly. You had a really good chance last year with a horse called Valana and unfortunately he drew 20 of 20. So Tuesday night's barrier draw. James, to state the obvious, it, it's crucial for this race, isn't it? Yeah, well, you know, I don't know who from this household is going to be taking my kids around for Halloween on Tuesday night, but I hope whoever's <laughs> doing that barrier draw doesn't give me any frights. <laughs> they can be costly, those barrier draws, with, a, with big fields being assembled, mm. and it would be nice to get a, a nice cushy run for both of our horses. Yeah. Have you have you finalised your jockeys for both, James? Uh, uh, yes, I've got, uh, I've got Zach Lloyd booked for one horse, and I've got Ben Mellon booked for the other. Okay, yeah. And just on young Zach, I know Dino wants to ask a question, but just on young Zach, his development, along with um, young young riders like Dylan Gibbons and Tyler Schiller, who rode beautifully yesterday, three young men, um, they are just outstanding young jockeys, great advertisements for the sport, and, and they're the future of Sydney race, and they'll be around for a long, long time, James. Yeah, that's, that's true, and... Uh, you know, there's there's a lot to be said for supporting the young young guns mm-hmm. coming through. So Zach's had a lot of support, and uh, and and he's um, and he's really trying to make the most of it. He he now is in the thick of it without any claim in all the other races outside the group races, and it's important that he he can keep a level head as he rides the ups and downs and the run of outs and the, you know the, the the good runs that you have as a jockey. But um, 
they look at you know they look at Tyler Schiller as an example. He's no, there's no young rider working harder than him. Zach Lloyd's working very hard too, but no no young rider working any harder than Tyler. And he's he's regularly not on the top top two or three in the jockeys challenge, but um, in the in the uh, in the markets in the mornings. But by the time you get to five o'clock in the afternoon, he's challenging for the win. Yeah. And, and he's he's uh, he's just edged clear in the Sydney Jockey Premiership after the winners he rode yesterday at Randwick. Yeah, so great credit to Tyler Schiller. He's ridden he's ridden for me this season, and and uh, and he'll be he'll be riding for us. He'll be riding for us a little more. Exactly. Just a quick one, James. We had an SMS. Barber was scratched yesterday. What what are your plans with Barber? Yeah, so Barber jumped out up the straight uh, on Friday at, at Flemington, and he went particularly well. I've just tinkered with his gear a little bit, and I liked what I saw in his workout. Uh, he he uh, he's a good fresh horse, so I see the horse that um, I see the horse that won the Roman Consul's equal favourite for the for the for the Coolmore, King's Gambit, yep. and, uh, and, it, and it might not be beyond uh, a barber to get back to his best with a little tinker of the gear and and, and run a race there. How are we in the Coolmore start? Yeah. Are you a music fan, James? Uh, yeah. Look, I don't mind my music, but it, you know, what are you what are you thinking, Dino? Well. Our talk topic today is, because I went to Paul McCartney last night, so it's prompted our talk topic being best and worst concerts you've been to. <laughs> I'll put you on the spot here, Out of left field here, James. <laughs> what can you remember? What was the best one? You must have been to a couple of good ones along the, uh, along the journey. I went, to, I, went, I went to a James Brown concert. I don't know what James I was doing. James Brown? Okay. That's a left fielder. That's a ripper. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty good. It go. was actually pretty good. Yeah. James Brown, yeah. Is there a bad one? Uh, <laughs> well, um, well, let me think. It's it sounds like it's going to be the uh, it's going to be the concert of the century in Australia when Taylor Swift comes here. Yes, mm. I think I think um, you know friendships are falling apart over the acquiring of tickets to a Taylor Swift concert, you know. So I would hate to think that could be a flop. But uh, my, eight-year-old, my eight-year-old daughter's looking forward to it. My wife's going to take her. And uh, they're, trying to, they're trying to get me to go along with it because, you know, there's something to be said for being involved in a, in a, you know, in a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, Taylor Swift coming. So I hope that goes as well as everyone expects. If you go, can you take a photo of yourself so I can put it in the paper? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. You know what I'd, I'd, love like to, I'd love to pap you at the concert. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I reckon Emma Friedman's got this like got this thing going here with she's got like some of the young trainers around around Melbourne doing some doing some selfie videos of what they've got running on the day and what might win. Mm. They threw it up on Channel Seven uh, yesterday. It was pretty funny. So maybe you should get some uh, selfie videos of some trainers there at concerts. Actually, at concerts. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd yeah. Be yeah. Does, doesn't Bjorn Baker do that on a Saturday morning at Warwick Farm? Oh, the, the problem with Bjorn Baker is he sticks the camera in front of you like. You, you know, <laughs> I don't talk. I don't talk to Bjorn all week. <laughs> thinking I'm just start tipping some horses to him at the trainer's house. <laughs> no, no. So good. Bjorn, no, no, Bjorn's all right. Bjorn's all right. He's, yeah. um, he, he's, he's, uh, he calls all of he calls he calls all the trainers up in that trainers out at Warwick Farm. He's frenemies. He's <laughs> frenemies. I know. Yeah. Hey James, congratulations. Tom Kitten was awesome yesterday. It sounds like he'll be there at Flemington next Saturday. So Melbourne, watch out. You'll see a star colt. Thanks for joining us on a Sunday morning, James. Thanks, Ray. Thanks, Dana. Thanks, James. There's James Cummings. Well, James Brown, wasn't he in um, 
It was uh, in the Blues, Blues Brothers. Brothers. That was what I was thinking of, yeah. Yeah, the cool. Blues Brothers. Yeah. Okay, time for the league super quiz. So call now on 13.53.53. This is a big Thir- one. Yeah, it is. 13.53.53. This is a grand final of quizzes. <laughs> to be on the league super quiz. Score check. 19.18. Talking all the overnight action. The Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show. It's League Super Quiz time. The final one for you and I for the year, Dino. Coin toss, my friend. I'll go tails today, Producer please, Steve. In studio. And heads. tails it is. It's a heads, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you have had a late night, Dino. You couldn't even see that. Who's to say it wasn't deliberate, Ray? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll stick to the, the path, of course. I'll go second. You go second. Yeah. Okay, so that would mean, uh, Kelvin, are you there? How you going? You're from Forbes? Yep. Good spot. How was it out there today, mate? Uh, nice and sunny. Good day. Yeah, Did you have pretty... a beer last night? What's that, sorry? Did you have a couple of beers last night? Nah, just harvesting. Harvesting? Yeah, is it pretty dry out there, Kelvin? Yeah, it's pretty dry, but yeah. everyone's pretty well about to start harvest, so okay. I sort of want it to be dry for a bit. Yeah, no, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, no, okay. Well, good luck with the crops. Right. And good luck with the, the quiz too, Kelvin. Over to Dino. Kelvin, let's rip in. Question number one. Name Two of the three teams that finished two points that finished two points outside the top eight in twenty twenty three. So two of the three teams that just missed out on the finals by two points. Uh there. Yep. And oh, Manly. No. No, Kelvin, sorry, mate. It was South. Uh, you were spot on there, but uh, either Cowboys or the Eels. All three of those clubs would be thinking season lost there, season wasted, wouldn't they? Oh, you know? Certainly so, the, um, the Bunnies yeah. and uh, the Eels. Uh, Kelvin, question number two. Which, or what team rather, was crowned minor premiers in 1999? And the options are A, Melbourne, B, Cronulla, C, Parramatta. The 1999 minor premiers. Uh, Parramatta? No, actually, Kelvin, that was a hard one, but it was the Cronulla Sharks. Question number three. We need this one, Kelvin. Uh, Which first-grade team did Ted Glossop not coach? A, St. George, B, South, C, Cronulla? Oh, say South. Correct. On the board. Well done. Might have been a flum, yeah. but you got on the board, mate. Well he done. One for three. He coached the doggies, the nine eighty premiership. Coached a couple of others, did he, Dino? Or? Yeah, he coached Cronulla and St George, and uh, he was a St George player between right. fifty one yeah. and fifty seven. Okay, yeah. so he might have lapped over into that great era, right? Yeah. Just as it was beginning. But Kelvin won from three. The entertainers they were. The can be okay. Across to Tony. Tony, good morning. Good morning. Hey, yeah. Terrific, Tony. One to tie, two to win. Very best of luck. Uh, question number one, number one, Tony. Which two teams had the only draw in the 2023 NRL season? Which teams had the only draw this season? Manly and Cronulla. Oh, bad luck. That was a tough one. It was Manly and Newcastle. Almost mm. got down. Question number two. This is multiple choice, Tony. Which Sydney club did league legend... Benny Waring, is it Waring, Dino? Yep. Solely play for in the 1920s and 1930s. Tony, the answers are A, Eastern Suburbs, B, Newtown, C, South Sydney. Newtown. 
fortune was South Sydney. Okay. Question number three. Tony, this will tie. This is it, Ray. Okay. This is our whole year on the line. Hey, Tony, no pressure. There's a bit riding on this, mate, but no pressure. It's multiple choice. Tony, what team was crowned minor premiers in 1988? A, the Sea Eagles. B, Sharks. C, Eels. Eels? It was a tough one, yeah. Unfortunately, it was the Sharks. Bad luck, Tony. Back to Kelvin. Hey, Kelvin, congratulations. You there, Kelvin? Yeah, thanks Hey, good on you, mate. A $100 cash card courtesy of Tabs coming your way. Hey, Kelvin, who's your team? Oh, Manly. Yeah. Oh, okay. You'll be back next year in the finals, you reckon, mate? <laughs> I think we might struggle a bit. <laughs> what do you reckon, Dino? I think they'll be hovering, but I yeah. couldn't sit here right now and say Manly would definitely be there. Fair enough. Might hey, depend on the fullback a bit. Yeah, if get Trevojevic fit 100%. Hey, Kelvin, stay on the line. Good luck with the crops, mate, but stay on the line. We'll get that hundred. your details, get that $100 cash card courtesy of Tab out to you straight away. Nick, can we play that applause again for my victory? Thank you very much. One more time, 2018. One more time, Nick. <laughs> Woohoo! What restaurant am I going to? It's your choice, isn't it? Let me Google the most expensive in the hills. That'd be right. In the, in the hills? We've got some nice ones out my way. Uh, even better. Okay. All right. You shout, will, will, I drive. Will you travel? <laughs> you shout, I travel. Okay. All right. Now we'll do that. Is there a little, if I have to push the envelope, yeah. if I was to have a couple of drinks, is there a little hotel you could put me up for the night? You want, you want me to put you up in a hotel? Well, I can't drive. I've had a few drinks. Depends what sort of mood I'm in mid-January next year, Dina. <laughs> you got a big house? Yeah, you've got a big house. Yeah. Is there a spare room There's there? room for you there. Yeah. All right, okay. Yeah, well, you might have a border that night. Yeah. I'll, can we just wait to see a few weeks how things are travelling? We can't be till next year. Is that all right? Correct. Done. Okay. Coming up next, we'll finally hear from our good friend, Jared Daffy, and his words of wisdom. On the Big Sports Breakfast. Well, I've been thinking about this for a long time. Where do missing socks go? How do you throw away a garbage can? Do fish sleep? Why do donuts have holes? If you find out, can you let me know, please? Jared Daffy's words of wisdom. If at first you don't succeed, then skydiving is not for you. <laughs> please explain. Jared Daffy, good morning, and your words of wisdom for today. Morning, lads. If Pringles are so good that once you pop the lid, you can't stop. Why do they have a resealable lid? There you go. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Hey, Jared. Yeah. My, my mum contacted me last night and right. she said, Where was Jared last week? I said, I'm, I'm not sure. Actually, where were you last week, Jared? No uh, one told us. Yeah. I forget. You, you, you had <laughs> I more, actually forget where I was last week. You had week. more important things to do. Anyway, but she's. I know where I was. No, yeah. I was going to Victoria. I was going to Warnable. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. she sent me through some words of wisdom for you. Right. Okay, there's about 10 of them. I can't read them all out, but here's one. Why is it called a building when it is already built? Mm. Like it. See, Jared, you should, rather than just sort of umming and ahhing, you should listen and digest. You never I have used that one before in another forum, but anyway. This one. Okay, (laughs) another forum. Aren't you exclusive to us? (laughs) Hey, Jared, do fish ever get thirsty? (laughs) Ever think about it, Tino? There's a few more. I'll give a few more for you next week. So if your mum's found those and yeah, Jared's found those, yeah. does that mean he's actually going to a book? Because I thought these were coming off the top of your head, Jared. Hey, he's, ain't Jared's dumped us? Oh, he didn't like that. He didn't like it. <laughs> he didn't like he's done it. the old hang-up. Bad Question, line. Question him his integrity. Dean, you, you <laughs> sabotage me there. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, he's back. I don't I'm back. Have, I don't I'm have back. the kill button. <laughs> hey, Jared, you enjoying the ADI World Cup? 
One quick one. Yeah. How was the world in debt if humans invented money? Mm. Just print some more. You know, um, you know what's happening? That was blockers. A thing called line. hyperinflation. Print hey? more. That was blocker one said that. Just print more. <laughs> That's hyperinflation. All of a sudden, <laughs> things aren't worth a cent. So you asked me, Ray, the cricket. Yeah. How good's the cricket uh, thing? Uh, yeah, a lot of runs. Mm-hmm. India tonight, dollar forty-two. England, two dollars ninety. They lose their out, aren't they, Jared? That's it for England. I thought they were already sort of out. Mathematically, they're a chance. Yeah, they're a chance, but, but they've got yeah. to win tonight. It couldn't be time of the stick at the moment. <laughs> uh, and tomorrow night, Afghanistan, two forty-five. Sri Lanka, one fifty-five, and we've got Tuesday's matchup: uh, Pakistan, a dollar thirty; Bangladesh at three sixty to win it; India, two ten; Australia, four twenty; South Africa, five. New Zealand seven fifty. That's pretty much it. Hundred to one or better for the rest. Jared, uh, netball, and then can we snowball that into the NBL, please? Yes, uh, the Constellation Cup continues today, uh, and they're pretty short. Uh, the Diamonds a dollar and one to beat South Africa thirteen. Massive line for a netball international match. Seventeen and a half points. Wow. Yeah, it's big, isn't it? Yeah. Um, as far as the NBL is concerned. We've got a double header today. The first one at two o'clock. Melbourne United pretty short, dollar thirteen. Illawarra five seventy-five, a line of eleven and a half points, and that will be followed by the Brisbane Bullets two dollars ninety. The Tassie Jack Jumpers a dollar forty, and a line there of five and a half points. Stu's just texts in the smaller packets of Pringles no longer have a resealable lid. Jared, is mm. that right? So there you so go. I've you never stop learning. Well, Jared doesn't mess around with the smaller ones. He just gets the big ones. No, big straight ones. to the large, <laughs> extra large. As big as they come. You want, to read, you want to read Harpo's? Harpo says they, too, shouldn't apartments be called togetherments? Very wise. <laughs> so you've started something here, Jerry. You've got my mum doing this and some of our listeners. Hey, Jerry, we've got NBA on today and the supercars and the Gold Coast. You going to that? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> In a word? <laughs> no. No, the NBA today, there's a heap of games on. Yeah. Actually, I just wanted to pick out the second one because New Orleans have been a mover. To beat New uh, New York, New Orleans a dollar sixty five. The Knicks are two dollars thirty. Four hundred and eighty three markets on that game. Four hundred and eighty three. I nearly dozed off looking down the list before. <laughs> um, and uh, the Gold Coast, yeah, Indy five, uh, not Indy five hundred. Gold Coast five hundred today. Gee, it was an exciting finish yesterday. You boys were probably elsewhere, but. Um, it was a really good finish yesterday. Cam Waters holding off Shane Van Gisbergen. And Van Gisbergen is the fave to win race two today at 2.50. Brody Kostecki, four. Cam Waters, six. Will Brown, 7.50. And the rest are $11 or better. Fantastic. Good to have you back, Jared. Uh, it's good to be back. And we'll talk next Sunday. Chat then. See ya. There's Jared Daffy talking all things sporting odds. Phil Moss is on the line. Plenty to talk about in the world of football. Mossy, good morning. Good morning, gents. I believe Bulldog was... Uh burning the candle at both ends last night. I certainly was. There was no booze involved. I drove, but I just got home late, Mossy. But I just what couldn't. What time did you get home? Uh, just before 12. Okay. Yeah. I just, there are some things you can't knock back, and that's going to see Paul McCartney. Well, I was there the night before you. What did you think of it? Fantastic. Yeah, it was yeah, great, it really, it? Uh, Special really night. great. I, I'd have to say, and I've heard your talk topic, mm-hmm. the best concert was probably Elton John earlier this year at, okay. at Allianz. Yeah. Um, really enjoyed that. Uh, so Paul McCartney was, was fantastic the other night as well, but um, the worst concert I've ever been to, mm-hmm. <laughs> Simon and Garfunkel at the Sydney Showground when really? I was probably about, I don't know, 14. Um, yeah, it was. I just. I don't think I was old enough to appreciate it. Okay. But uh, yeah, they'd re-emerged <laughs> after that concert in Central Park, hadn't they, Mossy? 
Yeah, I, 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 well, I'm just saying yes, Bulldog. I wouldn't have a clue, mate, if you say so. No, yeah. well, that, that, But I just remember that was a bad experience. It was a, a rug on a hill. It was a rainy, cold day, windy at the, show, the old showground, and I, I went home with my tail between the legs. Well, do you like them now? I can't say I've really listened to them. Okay. To well, do honest. yourself a favour. Yeah. Dino's right. Get, if you get a chance today, YouTube up Central Park Concert when they sing Bridge Over Troubled Water, Art Gartfunkel nailed absolutely it. nails it. They didn't it like was, each other, you know. Hey? They hated each other. They did, yeah. But that was their comeback tour. There was a million people in Central Park. Absolutely unbelievable. We want to talk about the world of football. Let's talk about <laughs> Ange Postacoglu. 2-1 against Crystal Palace. They just roll along. But Arsenal snapping at their heels. They made a statement overnight, Mossy. They certainly did, and we're, we're going to have to tally up how uh, how much airtime we spend talking about Ange Postacoglu over the next 12 months because it's, it's remarkable, and he deserves every uh, every second of the airtime as well. He's uh, He's got his team humming, and, uh, of course, they uh, they won again, and um, they won in, in some style. And You know what I really liked was the second half of uh, the last game, he wasn't happy, and he made sure that his players knew that um, bit of showboating and... Um, you know, attitude creeping in, and he obviously cracked the whip during the week as he did publicly after that game. And um, you know, they were much better, and uh, you know, they, they fully deserved the win, and um, they're sitting top of the table. But Arsenal, this was a statement. Um, yes, it was against um, Sheffield United, um, but and Ketia comes back into the starting lineup to replace Jesus, and uh, scores a brilliant hat trick, absolutely brilliant hat trick, uh, the England striker. So uh, yeah, lots of light from an Arsenal point of view. Now, Mossy Bournemouth, uh, their first win. Chelsea lose at home again. Yeah, they did. Let's let's go there first because they've won once in their last thirteen home games. Um, Bulldogs. So uh, Mauricio Pochettino uh, not having a good time of it. Um, this was a um, this was a poor performance again from Chelsea. Brentford at home um, at the Bridge. You would expect them to win that one, even though Brentford are, are prickly customers at the best of times. But um, I think, you know, they'd won, they'd got seven points out of their last nine going into this one, but never really looked like winning this one, even though they had some dominance in the first half. But um, goalkeeper Robert Sanchez was embarrassed uh, late in the game. He went up for a corner. Um, the the, um, the uh, Brentford defended the corner and raced up the other end of the pitch with uh, Robert Sanchez chasing. It kind of just epitomised the performance in a lot of ways. It, they were second best. And, uh, yeah, Pochettino with a hell of a lot of work to do because they now slip into the bottom half of the table. Mm. Chelsea, bottom half of the table. Like, yeah, imagine that. Ridiculous. Yeah. What about the A-League, Sydney FC, the bottom of the table after two games? They've conceded five goals, haven't scored one yet, beaten 3-0 against Brisbane Raw on Friday night. But the Wanderers, 5-0 against Western United, they go top of the table, Mossy. Yeah, that, this was, well, let's go backwards again. Statement win by Western uh, Sydney Wanderers to, um, to, to put Western United to the sword. Don't forget, Western United had upset Melbourne City in week one of the uh, of the league, so uh, big big win for Western United uh, last week, but then brought back to earth with a thud at uh, Combank Stadium. Um, that that scoreline five nil was by half time. Wow! Um, so Western really just blew them off the park. I think if Mark, Marco Rudan is disappointed with anything, it'll be that they didn't rack up a few more goals in the second half. Um, but you can't be too disappointed with five nil at home, clean sheet and five goals. But um, yeah, that uh, that catapults Western to uh, Western uh, sorry Western Sydney Wanderers to the top of the table, 
um, with a few games to go this afternoon as well. Exactly. We've got three games on today. <clears throat> Excuse me, Mossy mm. Central Coast versus MacArthur, Melbourne Victory take on Newcastle Jets and Adelaide United versus Melbourne City, plus plenty of EPL games overnight. Where are we going with Mossy's multi? Yeah, we're going with... Uh, I've got a four-legger, so it's yep. West Ham into Brighton, into Villa, into Liverpool. So West Ham are at home to Everton. Um, uh, Brighton are at home to Fulham. Villa to beat Luton at home and Liverpool to get out of the top of Forest at home. I'm sure you'll agree with that one, Ray. I like it. And just the three games in the A-League today, Mossy, um, just your thoughts, Central Coast, MacArthur? Yeah, this... Uh, geez, this is a tough one to tip. I think the Mariners will probably get home at home. Um, but uh, MacArthur, good last week in their draw with Brisbane. Mariners, terrible um, in their loss to uh, Adelaide, even though they had some luck go against them. Mm. Um, but yeah, Ma- I'll, I'll tip Mariners at home. I'm going to tip uh, Melbourne victory to get over the top of Newcastle Jets at home. I'm on Paramount Plus commentating that one for you, Bulldogs. Hey, hey, hey. And, uh, <laughs> and Adelaide, uh, Adelaide United, I think. That's a tough this one. This is a really tough one. Yeah. That's 7 o'clock tonight. Adelaide hosting Melbourne City. But I just think the form Adelaide showed last week um, and Melbourne City going down. Um, I'm going to tip a score draw in this one. Adelaide and Melbourne City, one all or two all is uh, jumping out at me. Yeah, the, the market suggests that will be a tight one too. Hey, Mossy, appreciate. I know you, you held on for us, so thanks so much, mate. Enjoy your Sunday. We'll talk next week, Mossy. You too, boys. Take care. There's Phil Moss talking the world of football. A little bit of magic. You could hear it, pin shot. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back for our final hour. Very shortly, Crash Craddock, Robert Crash Craddock, will join us to talk ODI World Cups and all things sport. Tanya will be on a little later with the sports update, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on all things in the world of sport, including the Rugby World Cup final, just repeating South Africa 12, a brave New Zealand 11. They were down one man for all the second half, or one man all the second half New Zealand, going down by just one point. And, of course, our talk topic is best and worst concerts you've seen because Dean Ritchie was at Sir Paul McCartney last night. Brett from Richmond's had enough of hearing this, but a lot of our other listeners are really enjoying the talk topic and gone gangbusters with the SMSs, Dino. Yeah, Steve from Earlwood says, Best I saw was Irene Cara performing at the 2006... What, what was her big hit? Irene Cara. Uh, wasn't she um, Flashdance? Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah okay. in the 2006 AFL Grand Final. And the worst concert, Richard Clapton. He pulled out poor old Dickie Clapp. At South Juniors, the, oh, the sound system being, was not yeah. very good. Uh, Steve texts in too, Ray, saying Travis Head will earn a mozza in the next IPL auction. He's been a revelation for the Aussies this year. Yeah, you could bat Head anywhere, couldn't you? Like, Correct. Top, if he open it down to six, and he's just going to do a, a great job for you. I like this one too. Michael says, I went to my first ever A-League game last night at Parramatta. I can highly recommend it. $20 entry, good atmosphere. Shame to not see too many fans here. The A-League crowds are poor, Ray. Mm. They're terrible at the moment, but Michael now, obviously had a good experience. Steve, I'm not too sure who you're talking about this. It might be you, Dino. Ray, after hearing such a poor winning speech, I'd order him Pizza Hut and a cask of wine. That's all he deserves. I'm assuming he's referring to the South African speech at no, the No, he's Cup. referring to you, isn't he, and your continual 
clapping and asking panel operators. To, uh, oh, I see what Steve is saying. Clap right, again well, and again speech. and again. Well, Steve, it's been a long, arduous victory. Oh, You've got to enjoy it. You've got to savour the moment when you beat Ray. Oh, oh that'd our... be right. Yeah, sidled with Ray, typical. Yeah. I wonder what our next guest, guest thinks. He probably thinks, what have he got himself into here? Robert Crash Craddock is on the line. Crash, good morning. This is a sports show, my friend. <laughs> good on you, Ray and Dean. Yes, I'm enjoying the chat. It's uh, It's been a big night, hasn't it, with the Australia winning in the cricket, South Africa, the rugby, the... The sport, the vibrant sports scene never stops. Yeah, well, we'll go straight to the, the ODI World Cup at 388. Dino raised the point earlier that 388, even five years ago, you put the queue in the rackets, game over. But these days, teams are so well attuned um, to, for run chases, particularly on these roads that they're playing on in India. New Zealand, all credit to them, got within five runs and made a real game of it, Crash. Oh, they did, Ray. And you know what? It gave the World Cup something it's been desperately missing, and that is a close game. Mm. I think in the first half of the tournament, there'd been one close game. And to me, it is true. Teams can chase well, but I also feel that they've struggled to get used to the rhythms of the 50-over game. And that's why when one team sails away, the other one can struggle to keep with it. But New Zealand were brilliant. Mm. And I know... we. You know, let's start by giving praise to Travis Head and Warner. I mean, their opening stand was just damn-busting cricket. Of of a one for 175 after 19 overs, you just don't get that sort of statistic in a World Cup against the top team. They won it from there, but gee, New Zealand were good in the chase. Ratch and Ravindra, 116. How good is he, Ratch? How good is he? Well, he's an interesting... His dad was Indian. He went and settled in... um, uh, in New Zealand, and, and name, of course, named his son Ratchin, uh, a combination of Raul Dravid and Sachin Tendulkar, and okay. coached him from a young age. And he was, I, I have to say, I didn't realise how good he was. I knew he was good. But he just, to, to quote Ricky Ponting when you're having a big run chase, the great players, they never lose their shape. They never look as if they're, they're swinging themselves off their feet. And gosh, he's got some style about him, Ray. Hasn't he? What? Yeah. Good morning, Robert. How are you, Dean? I'm very, very well. Sometimes Robert and I get quite formal. Why? <laughs> oh, we go back a long way. A lot of respect there, isn't there, Crash? We do. Back to the 1980s. I, I always remember uh, a time when the late, great Paul Malone was uh, writing crazy. a story for our back page, bagging the Sydney press, and you rang up to go out for dinner. <laughs> and um, and Scobe actually said to you, oh, actually, I'm in the process of bagging you. What's, I, I'm, I'm almost ready for dinner. What's a word I can use? And you can say, oh, I might just say petulant or something. And petulant. All right, I'll pick you out the front in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Great man, Scobe. Great man. Had, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, like across the border, firing shots, all good fun. Yeah, yeah they were good days, weren't they, Crash? They were good oh, days. Yeah. Crash, I don't know what I'm more excited about. Aussies winning four in a row and barnstorming toward another World Cup or the Poms just mm. crashing and burning before our eyes. Mm. I have to say, in a way, England are the biggest story. Running down near last in the table, one win, can't get out of their own road. And this is a team, Dean, who not only won it last time, but they back, their, their number 10 batsman, Adil Rashid, has scored 10 first-class centuries. And yet, in five games, they've been bowled out all five times. Like, it's just... It's 
staggering. If you said to me, give me no bleak reason why the Poms have been horrible, it's, I think that 50 over cricket over there has just vanished almost from their priorities, given that they've got the 100. But also, in the last couple of years, they've played 30, they played 50 tests, I think, in three years. And Australia's played about 34. And, and, and they, they've asked a lot of their top players. And I think they've sort of almost hit the wall together, Dean. It's, it's just been remarkable watching them go downhill, isn't it, Crash? Um, they've got that game against India tonight, as you said. Mathematically, there's still a chance. If they lose tonight, though, it is all over for England. But back to Australia, and I, I want to go through a couple of things with you, Crash. We were talking about Travis Head earlier. You can bat him anywhere in the order, but uh, that opening partnership, as you quite rightly pointed out with Warner last night, was just something to behold. He's a real key for Australia. The other key is Adam Zampa for mine, because... Our pace bowlers are struggling on these roads. Zampa's taking wickets. He's taken 15 wickets now in four games. He hasn't got much support, though, Crash. And we're a spinner short, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Both good points. Quickly on Travis Head. I really believe he's a victory for Pat Cummins' captaincy. I mean, he'd been... Australia had tried all sorts of things over the years to get the best out of Travis. They took him off the contract list. They promoted him up and down the order. Mm. But Pat Cummins took him aside and said, just let you be you, mate. And we'll cop the good, we'll cop the bad. Just go and fly. And since then, he hasn't looked back. I mean, he's came good selection too, I have to say. They kept faith with him with his broken hand. They let him recuperate in Adelaide, which I didn't love, but he's got back and he started with 109 of 67 balls. It's extraordinary. But it... Ray, the thing is, over the years, you and Dean Ritchie would be old enough to remember a fleet of South Australian left-handers like Darren Lehman, Mm. Wayne Phillips, and and guys like that, uh, that were excellent players, but never quite fulfilled their potential. Whereas this guy, he he said, I want to break that mode. I, I want to be the guy. Wayne Phillips is another one. There was three really good players. None of them played more than 30-odd tests. And finally, there's a South Australian left-hander Hooks, who's got I think that he, flair. But David Hooks. You think well. of David Hooks? Where David Hooks. Yeah, yeah. David Hooks yeah. is the other one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so, so you've got Hooksy, you've got Phillips. And Lehman. Uh, yeah. You've got Lehman. And, and they all had that similar tone, whereas this guy can go above, above and beyond that because mm. they just let him being him. So he was terrific. Your second point about Adam Sampa, yeah, I think we're half a spinner short. Yeah. And if you're in the, we probably got to beat India to win this trophy, and they'll come in with you know a couple of spinning options, and it just could be decisive. But he is doing a good job. He's slowing the game down when it needs to be slowed down. Mm. Now, Crash, I'm really worried, and I wrote about it last week about Test cricket, which I love mm. and which I think we all mm. base our stats around a player's Test uh, record. But with the emergence of 2020. The, the what's the word? The future of Test cricket worries me, Crash. We've only really got two marquee series now, England and India. And I just hate to think we wake up one day and it's slid so far, Test cricket, that we can't rescue it. Am I having false fears? No, no, no. I, I have the same fears. Look, if you said the, the glass half full argument, Dean is that 
while India like Test cricket, it will never die. India will continue to play England, and they'll continue to play Australia and the top nations. But it's the next level down that it's just going to be stripped bare. It's because to play Test cricket, you've got to have a four-day competition at home, and, and like a Sheffield Shield, and that costs a fortune, so they all lose money. So nations like Sri Lanka are, str- are struggling. But if you said to me the single greatest statistic that makes me worry about the future of Test cricket, it is that wonderful nation, South Africa, who have just won a Rugby World Cup. They're down to play in the next four years. I think it's 25 Tests. Like, it's just nothing. And they're your barometer team because Mm. they're the team that could either go up or down. And we all know what they brought to Test cricket. Gosh, with the likes of Dale Steyn and these guys. But, but they could fade quickly, and that worries me. Yeah. That's, they're the team that really worries me. Uh, Crash, uh, Michael Clark was talking in the week. He made a really good point. He said that uh, your MS Dhoni and, 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 and Sachin <coughs> were big test superstars. Uh, superstars, but test advocates, where Rohit Sharma, the current mm. captain, isn't. And if the current captain isn't going down that path, then how many of the officials will follow? Mm, fabulous point. Because the tone in Indian cricket is so often dictated by the captain. I'll, I'll go one, one further down for line. Virat Kohli, I, after he won the series, captained India to victory at the Sydney Cricket Ground, he sat there and gave the most beautiful tribute to Test cricket. He said, you know, we talk about one-day cricket and T20 and it's all got its place. He said, but nothing, but nothing for me meets this it matches the stresses and the sophistication of test cricket and i walked out of that press conference thinking so long as Kohli reigns in india test cricket is safe but he's gone now from the captaincy and you're right rohit sharma is primarily white ball that worries me a little bit but i still feel within the fiber of indian cricket there's a lot of affection for test cricket and we must cherish it because see we think Oh, Test Cricket, MCC and Lords and all that. No, 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 no. What, India, who creates 80 cents out of every dollar in cricket, is raised in India. And as Bob wow. Dylan always says, money doesn't talk, it swears. So while India likes Test Cricket, it'll survive, but it's got problems. Yeah. Dylan also said times are a-changing, Chris. <laughs> you got me, Dino. But, but then you have a, an Ashes series like we've just had, which was compelling cricket from the first Test through to the last. We were touring Europe crash and I was just glued to my phone <laughs> during yep. the sights of Europe because every ball, something was hanging oh, yeah. on every ball. It was just phenomenal cricket. Hey, Crash, I want to talk about a couple of other sports, but just quickly, um, who, win, who wins the World Cup and why? Oh, I think India will beat Australia in the final because I think it'll be a turning deck at, uh, and, and I think it'll be hard to, hard to beat them. But Australia are armed and dangerous, and they're in the semi-finals basically now, so they can relax and get there. Oh, I like the way they're coming together. Mm, mm. It's a long journey too. You almost don't want to peak too early. Let's not forget that the South African team who won the World Cup, they're actually beaten by Ireland in the prelim. So you don't want to be perfect all the time, but Australia's coming to the for very, very nicely indeed. Yeah, Bart Cummings-type prep, I reckon, Crash. Hey, Crash, um, for our Queensland listeners... Um, it was tough grand final weekend with the Lions and the Broncos both losing games that they could have won, to be fair. But I think going forward, you've got two football sides in both codes that can be challenging for premierships as soon as next season and beyond. Your take, Crash? 
My take is uh, that, that's that's one theory, and I agree with it. But I like Jonathan Thurston's quote on it. He said it will do something to these teams getting so close. They're both in front with five minutes to go. Mm. It will either rouse them to great heights next season, or it could just could really undermine them and haunt them. I, I know several players who lost when Jonathan Thurston kicked that field goal in 2015. Broncos players who say to me they still. Uh, have uh, haunting memories of mistakes they made in the last two minutes, and it will live with them for life. So sometimes you're almost better in a grand final to be beaten by 16 points. Mm. But but I think the Broncos, those I've seen a couple of them around town, and they are still shattered. I know Pat Carrigan was terrific last night, but 16 points up with 20 minutes to go, you just don't lose from there. You, you just don't. And Dino, <laughs> hey, Ray... Mm. I'm doing well to be still with this because we have these frantic rewrites at the end where even Pete Bedell, who's the best deadline man I've ever seen, he said to me, oh, mate, I can't do this job anymore. <laughs> i tell you what, though, Crash, it was great theatre. I'm, I'm just thinking with the Broncos, if we go back to 2022, that fade out back into the season, losing out in the finals basically in the last week after being top four all season, that would have burned over summer. They came out. They played some brilliant football this year. I reckon they can bounce off that. They're a young side with so much to look forward to. Hey, um, but, but, but one last yeah, thing, right? Yeah. At some stage, if they're going to do it, they've got one more season with Adam Reynolds. And yes. then who's your next premiership yeah, halfback? Good point. Good point. And it's so important. Yeah, good point. Reynolds is the orchestrator. Hey, Crash, I did want to talk to you about Paris for a couple of reasons, Rugby World Cup in a sec, but next year with the Olympics and um, look, I hope you go because you've covered so many Olympics and you always do a great job, but the, the situation in the Middle East at the moment and indeed throughout Europe, I know sport and politics don't mix, but the, the world's in an uneasy place at the moment crash and I just wonder how this is going to impact Paris in at the Olympics in 2024. Yep. Well, as we found when Tokyo Games uh, were postponed for a year, it, it, it's a bit like you, you, you go full steam ahead, absolutely full steam ahead, and then if there's any cancelling or deferment to do, that, that comes at the last minute. But you cannot be half-hearted. You've got to, it's like when those chief executives, when they say, the coach, you sack them until you back, you back them until you sack them. Yeah. And that's the same with the Olympics. I, I, I think this one will all go through. I know we're all aware of the, the crisis, the Palestinian crisis in Gaza, but I, I do think that uh, seven or, or ten months out from it, 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 it will happen. And I think it's got the potential to be one of the really good games. They, Paris put in for several games before they got these games, and they learned a lot about hosting, and uh, they're determined to put on a really good game. So, I, 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 And I think it will be. And I think the Olympics needs it, to be honest. Tokyo was a good games, but it was COVID corrupted. Yeah. Rio was pretty darn average. So I think it needs a really invigorating Olympics, and it probably will get that, I would say. Crash, just going left field on you a bit here. On Twitter during the week, it just flashed up an over that Malcolm Marshall bowled to England. I don't know when it was. It would have been 20 years ago. My goodness. Unplayable. We forget how good he was. And when you go through the Andy Roberts, uh, Joel Garners, the Kirtley Ambrose, the Michael Holdings, all superstars. Yeah. But Malcolm Marshall. And adding to that crash, how sad it is when we see the Netherlands at the World Cup 
and Afghanistan and no West Indies. Mm. It's almost yeah. heartbreaking, yeah. isn't it? Well, it is. And your statement about the fear of Test cricket, that, that's, I mean, that's very much a part of it. Mm. They can't even make the 50-over thing. And, and the white ball stuff is their strong suit. But you've got to remind yourself, Dino, they were undefeated for 15 years as a Test nation between 1980 and 1995. I, I had a little bit of uh, felt pins and needles when you were talking about Marshall because I love him so much. And I've always held this theory, Dean, from speaking to a lot of people in cricket, if you put every statistic in the game in a computer and every opinion and you evaluated every performance, your top four fast bowlers, this is, and this is just my opinion from everything I've heard, four would be Dale Stane, three would be Dennis Lilly, two would be Wesley Macram, and one, by a considerable margin, would be Malcolm Marshall. Wow. Yeah, no room because- for Glenn McGrath crash. No, I reckon he'd be about five or six, but I just think that the thing about Malcolm Marshall was that he could swing the ball at pace. And all the guys who faced him, like Alan Border said, he was just a nightmare. Mm. You know, and, and, you know, they used to call him Turbo, coming off a short run, died young, died in his early 40s. But just a, like one tribute to him, he came to Australia as coach when he retired, and he was 38, 39. And I watched him in the nets, and he was bowling beside Kirtley Ambrose and um, Courtney Walsh. Yeah. He was by far their best net bowler on tour, <laughs> even though he was nearly 40. What a player. To the point where batsmen had to tell him, just ease up on the swing, please. I'm trying, <laughs> trying to get my confidence. <laughs> Unbelievable. And he you averaged know, about 21, didn't he? Taking yeah. 300 wickets. 370 odd wickets. Yeah. You know the Aussie bowler who reminds me a little of him, Crash, was um, Ryan Harris. Yep, yep. Just that little Skidding short through, bulldog yeah, run up yeah. to the – a little charge up to the yeah. crease, wasn't not it? Not as yep. fast as Marshall. No, and not as through, good, but yeah. I'm just saying in terms of that little bulldog charge into the, into the popping crease. Yeah. Well, well, it's funny you mention him because there's a bit of a theory in cricket that there's two really underrated fast bowlers in Australia of the last 30 years, and incredibly they played the same number of tests, took the same number of wickets at the same average – and the names are Ryan Harris and Bruce Reed, the big wow, tall yeah, West left Australian. Yeah. And now I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's something like tw- 23 tests uh, or, you know, it, it's a bowling average of 23. And, yeah. and they took just over 100 wickets. But incredible, isn't it? Like, but, gee, when a fleet of players retired for coach Darren Lehman, Michael Clark, and a lot of others, uh, around 2015, Lehman was asked a year later, which one did you miss most? He said straight away, oh, Ryan Harris. He said he's just one of the most underrated bowlers of, the, of his era. Oh, injury played, sadly, yeah. but very, very good. There you go, Crash. 27 tests for Ryan Harris, 113 wickets at 23.5. Yeah, That's great. pretty yeah, good numbers. Good you look numbers. up Bruce Reid now. And uh, I reckon it's identical. Probably so. While he's doing that, just finally crash as Dino checks up Bruce Reed. We've got the Windies coming out this summer to play Test cricket. What what, what are we expecting? Well, uh, uh, they're playing two Tests. They're playing in Adelaide and Brisbane. Brisbane under lights. Not much, to be honest, mm. because I think they're a team which, uh, you know, as I said, their, their five-ball cricket is not good. And then they stay for white ball, 50 and 20 overs. But all up, I think the best test of the summer could be Australia v Pakistan, first up in Perth. It's just they have got some really good fast bowlers. They've been very average in the World Cup. And I reckon a little bit unfit. Mm-hmm. But 
they, they'll, hit, they'll try and choose a fleet of fast bowlers and hit Australia with a kitchen sink in Perth, and you just never know. That'll be the test of the summer. Yeah. Just before you go, Crash Bruce Reid, 27, same games, yeah. 113 wickets, wow. same amount of wickets. Uh, his average is just a touch uh, out from uh, Ryan Harris. He was 24.6. Still, still great an outstanding numbers. average. Yeah. Still great numbers. So there you go, Crash. I'll throw one more of that underrated list, Crash. Stuart Clark. Yeah, I thought you were going to mention Stewie. 90, 90 odd wickets at about 23 as well. So yeah. I reckon you could add Stewie to that uh, list. Yep. Do you know what? A- absolutely. And he, he just was, he grew up sort of with, it, with in Brett Lee's shadow, was he? Yeah. And Brett was sort of the, the, the that handsome, devonair, cavalier sort of guy. But, geez, his numbers were good, Stewie. And, and a good, sensible practitioner too. Nothing really ruffled him. I, mm. I, I liked him as a player. I did hear a story early in his career when, they, when he was bowling and he took his shirt off in the room and, and he looked very much like the accountant. And they said when he works hard and gets fit, he, like, like w- when the, the system sort of catches up with him a bit, he'll be terrific. And he was. He was outstanding. Yeah, he certainly was. As you were, as always, Crash, really appreciate you coming on on a Sunday morning, talking about a wide range of sports and particularly cricket. We love it, Crash. Enjoy your Sunday, mate, and we'll talk soon. Pleasure, Dean and Ray. Thanks, Thanks Robert. See you, Dean. Bye. <laughs> There's Robert Crash. Craig. Love talking to him. Love talking about cricket. And some of his anecdotes are just gold, Dino. I still think uh, Buzz and Crash are the two best sports journalists in Australia. I'm probably biased. But Crash's ability to find an anecdote about every oh, player he writes about is yeah. fascinating. Absolutely yeah, fascinating. Listen to Dino and Ray on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. <laughs> on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend, a sports update with Tanya Thomas. South Africa is the Rugby World Cup champion after defeating New Zealand this morning by one point in a wet and windy final in Paris, 12 points to 11. The All Blacks played the entire second half a man down after captain Sam Kane was sent off. The first time a player has been sent off in a decider. It's a record fourth title for the Springboks. Meanwhile, the Australian women's team, the Wallaroos, beat France in a test in Dunedin, 29 to 20. Eva Kapani was player of the match with a hat trick of tries. It's only the second time the Aussies have beaten the French. The match was a World 15 competition game organised by World Rugby. Australia won its fourth match in a row at the One Day Cricket World Cup in India overnight, defeating New Zealand by five runs in a 771-run extravaganza. The Aussies all out for 388 in the final over, highlighted by a 59-ball century from Travis Head. Chasing a massive 389, the Kiwis fell five runs short. It was the highest scoring World Cup match in history. Also last night, the Netherlands beat Bangladesh by 87. Seven runs tonight. England looking to salvage some pride with just one win from five matches. Take on the undefeated India at the Rugby League Pacific Championships at Amy Park or Amy Stadium last night. Australia beat New Zealand 36-18, but the score did not reflect the battle. Lindsay Collins scored a double for the Kangaroos, and the win was Coach Mal Meninga's twelfth from 12 games. In the women's test, the Kiwi Ferns defeated the Jillaroos 12 points to 6. It's the first win for the Kiwi women over the Aussies in seven years. Today, PNG take on Fiji in Port Moresby in the Pacific Bowl. Champion jockey James McDonald scored his second second 
Cox Plate win in successive years when Hong Kong champ Romantic Warrior edged out Mr Brightside in a thrilling finish in the big race yesterday at Mooney Valley. Also at the Valley, New Zealand's best sprinter, Imperatrice, continued her impeccable record at the track with an easy win in the Group 1 Manicato Stakes. At Royal Randwick, Godolphin Colt Tom Kitten won Sydney's final Group 1 for the year, the Spring Champion Stakes. Also champion jockey Karen McAvoy continues to make the invitation his own, winning the third successive year, this time on Espiona. And Espiona's stablemate, Chrysora, won the Group 2 calendar Presnell. In A-League men's last night, a night to remember for Western Sydney fans with the Wanderers scoring five goals in the first half of the match against Western United at Combank Stadium. There were no goals in the second half, therefore the Wanderers win 5-0. Earlier, Wellington beat Perth 2-1. The Glory had a chance to equalise late in the game with a penalty shot, but it was saved by the Phoenix goalkeeper, Alex Paulson. A thrilling finish to race one of the supercars round on the Gold Coast yesterday when Cam Waters held off a fast-finishing Shane Van Gisbergen to claim his first past-the-post win of the season. The 0.19 of a second margin was the smallest winning margin at the Surfers Paradise track in 13 years. Van Gisbergen's second placing slashed Brody Kostecki's championship lead from 131 to 104 points as Kostecki finished fifth. Meantime, at the Mexican Formula One Grand Prix, qualifying not long completed and Ferrari has the front row. Charles Leclerc will start from one, Carlos Sainz two, Max Verstappen three. Dan Ricciardo in his second race back from injury will start from four and Oscar Piastri from seven. An understrength Cairns defeated the defending champ Sydney in the NBL last night at the Snake Pit, 87-80. to The win tarnished, however, by a back injury to import Patrick Miller just before half-time. In the other match, South East Melbourne 103 beat Brisbane 100. EPL overnight, Chelsea nil, Brentford 2, Arsenal 5, Sheffield United nil, Bournemouth 2-1 over Burnley and it was 2-all Wolves and Newcastle. Meantime, Aussie Angers Tottenham on top of the table after 10 rounds. The Matildas play the Philippines tonight in the second game of three in Olympic qualifying Asia matches. The third is on Wednesday night against Chinese Taipei. Both matches in Perth as was the first on Thursday night, which resulted in a 2-0 win over Iran. All three matches sold out. Australia and South Africa meet in Game 2 of 3 in the Netball Test Series today. The Diamonds won the first game in Cairns on Wednesday night. Today's match and Game 3 on Tuesday are in Hobart. So the Aussie women's teams are thriving. The Matildas, the Diamonds and the Wallaroos. Unfortunately, the Jillaroos mm. lost that match against New Zealand. There were scenes, you know, jubilation at the, at the ground from the Kiwi Ferns, the team afterwards. It was yeah. so, meant so much to Good them. them. You know, yeah. They're all crying. And, Big and, turnaround. Yeah. They got beaten by 50 in the world. Yeah, Cup, that's so. right. Yeah, it was, it was an incredible turnaround. Now, um, Taylor Swift won't be at Travis Kelsey's Kansas City match against the Denver Broncos. I know okay. that's something that you've all been wondering about um, because Taylor has to go back on tour. Mm. Now, it's just that it's plastered everywhere. Coverage everywhere. Yeah. And and um, Travis's brother, Jason Kelsey, he plays for the Philadelphia Eagles and he was on a podcast during the week and even he's over it. He said the one of the games recently, the, the coverage crossed to the suite that, that um, Taylor was in 17 times during the Drunk match. Man, That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. You know, she's there, yeah, great, they're having a 
nice relationship, fantastic, but 17 times crossed to the box. She's a mega star, I suppose. Oh, she is. She's bigger than him. (laughs) Um, I had never heard of Travis Kelsey until, (laughs) you know, she started dating him. Exactly. Yeah. Which, nice little segue, Tim. Oh, for concerts. Okay, I have to go way back to 1987, Parramatta Stadium, Michael Jackson, there were two concerts. I went to both of them. And, you know, back in the in the day you'd see all that coverage of, of the girls crying and yeah. screaming, carrying on. I was one of them. Oh, really? <laughs> How embarrassment. <laughs> I would think twice about it these days. But anyhow, that's another story. Was also, he good, was he? Uh, yeah, it was fabulous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought you'd say the Queen concert we saw. Well, I, I can't cut it. Stop it at one. You know, yeah. I can't cut it down. Um, also, I went to see Wham in the 80s. Wham? Yeah. George I Michael. was. Oh, no, no. I was madly in love with Andrew Ridgely at right. the time. <laughs> Yeah, Andrew was the favourite of the two, yeah. But, oh, yeah, obviously, obviously Queen and Adam Lambert, which was in February, I think, 2020, and that was just Fantastic, before yeah. all hell broke loose. Well, the following week, wasn't it, with COVID? I think. Yeah, it yeah, was almost, you know, to, we just got in, yeah. yeah. It was almost, you know, yeah. Just How good was he? A couple of days later. Is there a worst? I love Adam Lambert yeah. and always I love Queen. And mm. it was just nice, you know, you can sometimes a concert can be made better because of the, the people that you're there with. And, you know, we were there with my son yeah. who, you know, was, loves was eight, 19 at the time, absolutely loves Queen, which you would never expect for a 19-year-old. Yeah. So it was just nice that we could share that together. The worst concert I've ever been to, I'm with you, Dean, with Dire Straits. Um, the concert I went to was Concert 20 of that series. They came to, to Sydney and then they'd go to another state, then they'd come back and come back and they just did not want to be there. Mm. The, you know, the 20 concerts, really? yeah, uh, it was like it? Mark Knopfler's up there, you know, just jamming and they're just having a jam amongst themselves. They were not interested whatsoever. People paid a lot of money to go to see him. Yeah, but, but probably the worst, worst concert I've ever been to was um, Lyle Lovett. Lyle Lovett. Can you believe it? Was this when he's at the height of his fame, Tim? What are you doing there? this is no slight on Lyle, of course. Um, (laughs) I think it's going to be. Well, actually, uh, my partner, my husband at the time, um, he was the fan, so that's why we were there, didn't know one song. It was the only concert I think I've ever been in been to in my life where I've not known one song. Yeah. But I had done the big sports breakfast that morning, I remember, and I was so tired and I remember asking Roger, um, do you mind if I close my eyes? He goes, oh, he didn't care. So I closed <laughs> my eyes, put my head on his shoulder and went to sleep. So, <laughs> You're missing. But I, what I was more interested in, I think um, Lyle was married to Julia Roberts at was the time. There? She wasn't there, no. but that was more interesting to me, the yeah. fact that I was sitting listening to him sing. That, that didn't hey, last I'm sure it was great. What <laughs> did you expect it to? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's going to be a long-lasting? We all bet above outside when Ju- the When Julia turned up for the ground. ceremony with no shoes on, I think yeah. that was the death now yeah. already before it even started. She was going for the motions, you reckon? <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> I don't know. There was something there. Michael Thanks, Jackson, Tim. goat, it says. Goat? Gee. There you go. It yeah, it was amazing. It was big at the time, yeah. yeah. But, and, and I'm sitting here thinking, I'm at Parramatta Stadium watching Michael <laughs> Jackson. That was what blew my mind more than anything, I think. This is a good one, guys. Hi, Ray. I saw ACDC at Warrawong Community Hall for free in the early 70s. That would have been something. You, you saw them, didn't you, Dean? Uh, I saw them, but I hear stories around my local area that they used to play at community halls around the Northern Beaches. Okay. When they were just kids yeah. from uh, Ashcroft. Or was it Ashfield? I, uh, yeah. Ashford, Ashford, I think, yeah. But that's like in excess, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I saw in excess at the Horden Pavilion. I thought the place was going to fall down at the time. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like you know, you don't see that anymore, no. No. do you? There aren't any big club bands anymore. This is interesting. Adrian from Rouse Hill said, greatest ever concert is a no-brainer, ACDC, 2009 Stadium Australia. It was off the charts. The worst, 
Andrew Bacilli. Last year in the Hunter Valley, the acoustics were horrible. I think it's Andre, isn't it? Andre oh, Pacelli. Oh, oh, Andrea, Andrea. Andrea Pacelli, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Opera singer? Yeah. It's a b- yeah. photo of a best concert, Barry White, nicknamed the Love, uh, Dr. Love. Yeah. He was can't. What was that a good or a bad? It's got a best as good. No, he, he was absolutely caned. For, uh, he came out a while ago, uh, you know, I don't think he's with us anymore, but many, many years ago, and he <laughs> sat on the stage. I think he was one of those situations where he'd had a little bit to drink beforehand, and he actually <laughs> sat at one stage with his back to the audience. <laughs> Good for yeah. fan engagement. Yes. <laughs> he also said Jimmy Buffett at the Sydney Opera House, one of my favourite songs, Come Monday. It's from Bulldog in 96. He just passed away recently, Jimmy he Buffett. He did. Yes, he did. Great song. Yeah. Um, now, this is important. Tan, you might have to chime in here. Hey, Bulldog. Inflection gate again this morning in the quiz. Ray, don't buy him lunch when you are back. Cheers from Glenn. Well, I've got to be honest, there was no inflection this morning. I certainly didn't think there was. I went out of my way to think, well, why cheat now when I'm so close to winning? Why jeopardise it? <laughs> Thank you, Nicholas. Um, we've got to take a quick break. We did, we did get a text from Wayne. I won't read it out, but Wayne's our quiz scorer and he's been keeping us on par with what our scores are and Wayne's let us know he's got a a bit of a battle ahead of him as well. Wayne, our thoughts are with you mate and um, we hope you are back with us uh, helping us with the scores next year because Dino and I are hopeless keeping track Uh, All the best Wayne. Take a quick break on a big sports breakfast weekend Talking all the overnight action He's done it! It's up 100! Beautiful football, no title bigger than this. The big sports breakfast weekend and welcome back to the show for our final eight minutes together in 2023, Dino. Yeah, I know. Are you, you going to call in next Sunday? From Where will you be uh, next I Sunday? I don't know. I've got to work out where I'm going to be mm-hmm. and, and I've got time? to work out the time difference. Yeah. So you're going to be on the East Coast or the West Coast? I'd be on the East Coast. I think I'd be so, potentially New York or Chicago. Okay, well, I'll just check New York now. I've got it on my phone. So, yes, I'd like to call in. So New York, as we speak, is is six fifty. Oh, perfect time, PM. So it's Ooh, mid to late afternoon. I might have a couple on board by then. If you're at a game somewhere, you might have those big beer jugs you get at the. At might the have football. a beer snake by then. You might be in all sorts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, no. I thought about it the other day. I thought I must check the times, even if it's just a quick uh, check-in call, mm. just to see whether everything's going smoothly without me, which I'm sure it will. Well, the, the lunch is taking on a life of its own because Michelle from Dubbo said, let us know where the lunch is next year. We'll all make it a lunch to remember. That's a, we should get people in next year. What do you think? Have a, just a real good old-fashioned Friday afternoon round table, what? Lazy Susan. At, at a pub out. Oh, wherever we Hillsborough. want to go. We could even go Bush. Let's go to the people, right? Go to, go to Tamworth. Let's but go we, to the we've people. We've got an open invitation to go to the, um, the uh, I think it's the... East Tamworth Bowling Club. If you're listening, I apologise. I've got the wrong one. Open invitation for us to do a show there one day. Nice. Mm. And I've got to say, the steaks here are fantastic, Dino. Okay. I'd love to. I love going bush. You know, I love those country towns and those pubs. Here's another one, Ray. No, mm. name of this one. Hey, Bulldog. Best I've seen. Hot chocolate at Port Kembla Lees Club. What was their famous song, Hot Chocolate? Um, something that's... Everyone's a winner, yeah. That's it. Uh, Everyone's yeah. a winner, baby. Dina. That's the truth. Breaking it out. Well done, Dino. Something like that. Something like that, yeah. He passed away too, poor guy. 
He's gone. We're getting to that age, Ray. The legends we grew up with are all getting I know, yeah. on as we all are. Um, Steve said, Tanya, when Ray cooks his beef stroganoff, are you singing Eat It by Weird Al Yankovic <laughs> being Michael Jackson? When was she, your last stroganoff? It's, actually, it's been a while. <laughs> Maybe it's time tonight to give Tanya the night off. Tanya, a night off cooking tonight. Beef stroganoff time? Ray's doing the stroganoff tonight. <laughs> no, and ten, ten eat sh- it and don't... Tanya's shaking her head. Don't yeah. hide it in your napkins. And put it in your pocket. Um, Paul from Nara, Bulldog in the USA. Beer of choice is Coors. Is it pronounced it like Coors, Coors? I think it is. Coors Light. Not a light beer as such. Budweiser is for cleaning the driveway only. <laughs> Miller's is pretty basic. Review upon your return. That's from so Paul So we've got Nara. Coors, have we? Yeah, so he says try that That's one. That's Paul from Nara. Okay, Paul, you've got me first up. We're Thank doing you. a little pub crawl up the uh, LA coast. There you go. On the first day. Now, um... No name in this one. Bulldog and Ray, I'm missing... Oh, I scrolled up just when you're trying to read it. I'm missing Buzz and his usual Sunday time slot. Your Buzz has taken the rest of the year off. He'll be back in February then. I had a coffee with him on Friday. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little picture on Facebook. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, good. Great no, he's very relaxed. So I thought I'd fill in spotted Buzz Rothfield. I'm having a juice in a well-known juice bar in Cronulla. St. Cameron Murray, six tries and six tests, stands aside for Ronnie Coote. Sinner, hey, Ray, can you tell me why Bulldog didn't win the Acra Sports Award ahead of Jared Waitley? Nico Hines back in the team after complaining how bad he was. Didn't, did you nominate yourself, Dino? No. You would have won for I'm not sure, into self-accolades, Ray. Hey? I don't like to do self-promotion. You know that. Oh. <laughs> not all the time, anyway. Morning, lads. Sensational show. Been laughing with you. Have a good trip, dog. Cheers from Annie and Sue. Thank you, Annie. Thank you, Sue. I certainly will. I certainly will. Yeah. I'm actually, yeah. honestly, Ray, mm-hmm. I'm a bit sad. We won't be together for so long now. It will be, yeah. Yeah, three months. That's a long time, but I'm sure the people that fill in will do a grand job. So we're not. So you, we, we, won't, we probably won't see each other. Well, I've got a few shows to come back to, but yeah. I won't be next to you, and vice versa. I'm away, and you've got a few more shows to do. But yeah, I've got we won't actually two more be together. This, yeah. So um, Simon's just texted in. Stroganoff in the slow cooker is outstanding, mate. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I don't know how to do that, Dino. What goes India Stroganoff? Um, well, some beef, obviously. Yep. Um, get some mushrooms. Um, what else I get? Chopped up onions. What What are those red uh, capsicums? Yep. Capsicums. And because I like it on pasta, but everyone else likes it on rice. And then I put cheese on top. But Tanya hates the cheese on top. Okay. So, so you go to a bit of trouble, don't well, you? I don't, yeah. It's not great, but I tell you what, I talk myself up. It's pretty bad, me, seriously. Um, Richard says, my favourite concert was Billy Thorpe and the Aztecs performing a lunchtime concert at Hordenford. Poison Ivy was sensational. That's from Richard. Billy Tom Thorpe. Says, yeah, yeah, Billy Thorpe. And the Aztecs, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tom says, when you're in New York, add three hours plus 12 hours to get Sydney time. After next weekend, add four hours plus 12 as daylight savings ends. Tom, that hasn't really cleared it up. Just confused me more. But anyway, thank you for your text, Tom, as always. Michael says, I went to my first ever A-League game last night at Parramatta. I can recommend it. $20 entry. Good atmosphere. Shame not to see more fans here. I'm presuming that's Combank. Ray, to? I've already read that one. You're obviously not oh, listening. You, sorry, I, mate. So is when that, I talk, you just don't listen, do yeah, you? Yeah, sorry. That, that would have been Combank? Yes. Which is just outstanding. Do you listen when I talk? I do. Of course I do. I might have just been distracted. But no, because I wanted to make that point. It's Combank, isn't it? Combank. And we're lucky we've got such... Outstanding facilities like Combank, and I haven't been to the New Alliance yet, so that's a. a what are you laughing at me for? I? I listen all the time. What's the point I've of answering? You'll I've forget. I made one mistake. I missed you once. <laughs> 
here's one more, right? Best concert I've seen was Bruce the Boss at the MCG. Worst, easily, David Bowie. China Girl Tour. Absolute rubbish. Money for nothing. Everyone felt ripped off. David Bowie, the thin white duke. Mm. You, know, you know Straub from Glenness. Very funny. It's got a different take on life. Hey, Straub, you'll understand why I can't read out who your favourite singers are. Let's just say Engelbert gets a run. Yep. And Jose... Yeah, yeah, gets a run as well. Go on, you, Jose. Um, Straub, like, I was hoping to come back next year, so I probably can't say that. Steve says, did you read on about Travis Head in the IPL? Yes. Okay, I thought you did. That's why I checked myself. Good checking. <laughs> Good checking. So, I don't know. But, Dino, um, I should say that next week, um, when you're away, Neil Breen will come in and sit in your chair. He will. Great and man, of, Breeny. Of course, Breeny used to work with me before he left, and then you um, came over. Brini will be your host when I'm off, Dino. So Brini will be here for the next six, seven weeks. Yes, and he'll be hosting, and I think he's actually working right through summer, a great man. Right. So we're in good hands. There might not be a job for us when we get back, Dino. You know what, Ray? 152 shows together. What, what you're declaring? They, no, I'm just saying <laughs> if they said no more, I'd go, you know what? It's been a hell of a ride. You, you, you've just given management the out they wanted. <laughs> I was talking about you, not oh, me. Okay. Mate, you're very sweet in this building. Oh, I don't know about that. Very yeah. sweet. Well, look. Come I'm on, on your coattails, pal. <laughs> it hasn't done much for good. But actually, <laughs> the people who sit here, they've gone to much bigger and better things. Coming up on Raging HQ with Dan Misson, Graham White will look at Queen Bianne and Belinda Hodder will preview Tari. Stand by for Pass the Post on Radio Tab. The Big Sports Breakfast back tomorrow morning at 5.30. If you'd like to revisit any of today's show or interviews, go to Spotify or the podcast icon on your iPhone or Android. Dino Chalart, your second last day of work at the telly. Uh, yes, third oh, last Tuesday, day. Tuesday. Third last day. So, Ray, um, I know you're a very private person. Good luck with your procedure. Thanks. I'm man. sure it'll go very well. Uh, love working with you. Have a great Christmas, and we'll see each other in the new year. We will, mate. Enjoy America. Mate, ring in if you're, as long as you're sober. Don't ring in if you've had too many. That could be a problem. Text me first. If I get the text and, it's in, and I can't read it, it's me, me and spelling mistakes, I know. <laughs> Um, Thank you all for listening. Enjoy your Sunday, everybody. And enjoy your sport.